0: I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco and this is Bloomberg Technology. Coming up in the next hour, Twitter is shrinking, Elon Musk laying off half the workforce around 3,700 people as he restructures the entire company. Meantime, brands continue to mull ads on Twitter, and Musk is doing away with policies like a a once-a-month rest day and more. Plus, self-driving technology under the regulatory microscope as we inch closer to a future with driverless cars. We talk about the challenging road ahead with Aurora CEO Chris Ermsson. And another tough day for Peloton after revenue fell way short of expectations. Still, CEO Barry McCarthy is confident his turnaround plan will work sooner than expected. We will discuss. All of that in a moment, but first I want to get a look at the markets and bring in our Ed Ludlow. Ed, walk us through the day.
1: Yeah, pretty furious part of the earnings season we've got to. Some of the smaller tech companies, not the mega caps we're used to, but Block, the company formerly known as Square, actually pretty impressive quarter from them. This, of course, is Jack Dorsey's other company, the one we've been talking about, less up 10.5% in after hours, a strong, uh, basically, performance on the bottom line, gross profit coming in above the street's expectations, the cash app, which is what Block uses used to transfer money or buy stocks and cryptocurrencies also uh, registering a strong growth on the bottom line. Then you look at DoorDash. Wow, up 13%. This is not the story we were expecting. A strong beat in revenue in the quarter. No signs that inflation is deterring the consumer from spending money on takeout, Em. I don't know about you. I've not been doing much takeout recently. I'd love to. But most consumers apparently are. Coinbase, also a mixed bag in its earnings, up 3.7% after hours. PayPal really lagged down almost 7% in after-hours trading. Uh, revenue during the quarter did gain 12% to $6.85 billion, uh, which is slightly ahead of what the street was looking to. But it's the full-year outlook that the street zeroed in on. Revenue will be... billion below what the street was expecting, $27.85 billion. Away from earnings season, really the markets of the day were all about the Fed. We know what the Fed did Wednesday, raising rates by 75 basis points, and the commentary that rates will remain higher in the face of stubborn inflation. The market is talking about recession fears. NASDAQ 100 down for a fourth consecutive day at its lowest level since July of 2020, down 2%. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, or SOX, also weaker as yields continue to push higher. What was the craziest story of the day? It was Peloton. Let me take you on a wild ride. We opened down 16% on Peloton after the company said revenue in the last three months of this year would be between $700 million and $725 million, well below street expectations. The chart on your screen tells the story. We closed up 8%. So we were down 16%. We closed up 8%. That is a big hill climb. You know, even more impossible than some of the hill climbs in the Peloton classes that you and I have been taking over the last two years, Emma. A really astonishing story. <laughs> Beyond that, some breaking news crossing the Bloomberg terminal after hours. And yes, more names freezing their advertising on the Twitter platform. General Mills, Audi and Pfizer all pausing Twitter ads, according to a report from Jal Jones. Little reaction in the stocks or the U.S. listed shares of those companies. But this adds to uh, the report from Bloomberg last week that General Motors has paused ads on the platform. You'll remember that L'Oreal issued a statement earlier in the day saying they had in fact not paused their advertising on Twitter after a report overnight from the Financial Times, which said they did. Either way, advertisers are trying to work out what is going on inside of Elon Musk's Twitter.
0: All right, Ed Ludlow, thank you. Lots to digest there. Uh, I want to dig into those layoffs that Bloomberg has learned will happen at Twitter. Musk planning to lay off about 3,700 people, half the current workforce. Our sources telling us he plans to tell the workers who will be affected on Friday Bloombergs, Kurt Wagner, of course, critical uh, along with Ed to our reporting on all of these latest Twitter developments. Kurt, wh- where are these jobs going to come from? What do we know?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is company-wide. Um, it's not necessarily going to be in any particular area. Well, The one thing that Elon has kind of stressed is that product and engineering seem to be where his focus is. So it's possible that, you know, that might be a, a little bit less impacted than something like, um, you know, uh, trust and safety or policy, legal, things like that. But, you know, this is a part of his strategy to try and Uh, get the company into a better financial situation, right? He paid $44 billion for Twitter. Uh, They now have these huge debt payments that they're going to have to start paying off or these interest payments. Um, And, you know, part of his plan is let's cut headcount.
0: So how are Twitter employees feeling right now? I mean, the ax is going to come down on Friday and nobody knows if they're going to be cut yet?
2: That's exactly right. And they're not only that, Emily, they haven't heard from Elon Musk at all since the deal closed. They haven't heard from any other leadership. Right, everyone's kind of talking with their managers, but there's been no company-wide messaging at all. All of the C-suite, um, you know, CEO, CMO, CFO, all of those folks were were fired last week or early this week. So if you're an employee at Twitter, you're getting your information from places like Bloomberg uh, or from other media outlets, right? And and that's where you're finding out what's happening at your own company. And so that's quite unsettling for a lot of people, especially when you're sitting around wondering, am I? going to be employed by the end of the week? So this is a stressful time internally, to say the least. Um, And a lot of the employees we're seeing are sort of looking out for each other, trying to give best tips on what happens when you get laid off. Hey, let let me make references for you, that kind of thing. You know, they're trying to to take care of each other because the company doesn't seem to be doing it for them.
0: Meantime, we've just got this headline from Dow Jones that a number of Pretty prominent advertisers are pausing ads on Twitter. I mean, do you think that this is going to become a bigger thing? I mean, we talked about the potential for a boycott. Does it get to that?
3: Well, this is what
2: I think we were talking about yesterday. And I think that the, the chance uh, of a boycott not only seems possible, but I do think it seems like a really big deal. And again, it's because the time we saw this happen with Facebook, all the key executives, the the Cheryl the Sandbergs and those at the top of the company on the business side, they went out and they did damage control for days, right? And we're just not uh, going to see that at Twitter because all the people at the top of the company are gone. And so when you have these big advertisers, and Twitter is very much a relationship-driven advertising business because they don't have that you know, very intimate direct response type stuff – When you have these big advertisers really uh, being cautious or putting things on pause, you don't have the people inside of Twitter to necessarily go to them and reassure them, uh, like some of these other uh, big ad companies might. So I think it's it's a, a dangerous thing that's happening here.
0: And tell us a little bit about what we know about how decisions are being made on the inside, who's making the decisions, and how things that are being communicated are actually being communicated.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we know that Elon is making the decisions, right? And the best I can I can tell is that a lot of things are being done very quickly, and uh, sort of haphazardly, right? I mean, even this change—they're going to raise the price of their subscription product to eight dollars, and they're going to add some new features, including the blue check verification. You know, we saw him sort of like workshopping this publicly on Twitter, right? He's like tweeting, hey, would you pay for this? How much would you pay? What features would you want? And then all of a sudden, he just announced it the next day. And so we're seeing there's a very small group of of folks, including some venture capitalists who are sort of advising him here. But really, it feels like Elon is sort of, um, you know, uh, kind of making this up as he goes along. As I mentioned, there's not a lot of um, messaging coming from the top of the company at all. So unless you're in a particular group working on a, a specific problem for him, you don't really know what's happening at the company.
0: All right, Kurt, I'm going to let you get back to working the phones, signal your Twitter DMs and all of the ways you're breaking all this news. Bloomberg's Kurt Wagner, thank you for the update. Coming up, why Silicon Valley is on a post-pandemic healthcare care spending spree. That's next. This is Bloomberg. Last month, a venture capital firm CRV announced $1.5 billion in funding across two funds, which means more dry powder, to take advantage of low valuations. But how are firms thinking about how to deploy all that cash in a potentially very long downturn? Kristen Baker-Spohn is a general partner at CRV and joins me now. Kristen, how is CRV's strategy evolving in the midst of this downturn? What are you all talking about around the partner table?
4: Around the partner table, we're talking about how we're continuing to play to our strengths. CRV has been in business for over 52 years and focused on backing founders at the early stages. We raised $1.5 billion, as you mentioned, to continue to do that and invest at the earliest stages, partnering with founders that are building game-changing companies.
0: So are you waiting for valuations to come down and are you finding enough places to put that cash given so many companies out there are struggling.
4: We're seeing valuations compress across the board. You even just mentioned some folks uh, out in the public markets that are seeing valuations compress. And we're seeing that play out again across the private sector as well. That being said, at the early stages, we're backing founders that are in this journey for the long haul. And as someone who focuses on health tech, you know, healthcare isn't completely recession proof, but it's definitely a defensive place to be in the market where there's continued to be spend and innovation and technology adoption.
0: So let's talk about health tech, because I know that's your focus. Is it as cool as it was in the middle of the pandemic or not?
4: Well, I continue to think it's very cool. That being said, I think that there was a really interesting, uh, we had a watershed moment during the pandemic where there were a number of trends that were already happening across, whether it's consumerism and healthcare, adoption of technology, bringing AI into healthcare delivery, that the pandemic helped unlock and that activation energy and that pent-up demand was released. Now, as the market has cooled, uh, we're continuing to see those trends play out, but at a much more uh, at a much more um, reasonable pace uh, of technology adoption. A few companies that I'd highlight, you know, one being a company wheel. You just had the logo up on the screen. Wheel is in the telehealth and marketplace space where it's helping unlock telehealth for large tech companies, for large providers. As well as for companies that are trying to put great care in the hands of consumers like you and me.
0: So, what is it about uh, health tech that you know specifically excites you? We have Apple uh, coming into this, Google, Amazon trying to get in to health tech. Is that a threat that big tech giants want in, or is that an opportunity?
4: I think it's an opportunity. We're seeing a number of large players come into the space. You mentioned Amazon buying uh, one medical. We're hearing rumors of Apple getting into the health insurance game. We're seeing Google continue to play in the data space. I think it's a recognition of how technology has been in healthcare a bit of a laggard industry. Um, and there's so much opportunity to bring healthcare into the hands of not only clinicians, but also Individuals like you and me, in order to bring us the care that we need when we need it. So many of us, you know, for the very first time during the pandemic, did at home diagnostics, had our first telehealth visit. But there's also a huge opportunity to drive better efficiency in the care delivery system across the board.
0: Meantime, more broadly, the world is falling apart, and Silicon Valley is kind of crumbling. We've seen layoffs across the board. We just talked about 3,700 people about to lose their jobs at Twitter. Does this have broader ramifications on the startup ecosystem? There are definitely
4: broader ramifications across the startup ecosystem, and that's why you know the breadth and depth of the firm like CRV, where we've partnered at the early stage, but also seen a number of different ups and downs in the market. And this is where you know, we're seeing leaders make really tough decisions. And the leaders are, that are making tough decisions are focusing not just on growth. Growth is necessary, but not sufficient. How are they focusing and investing in their companies and in the future R&D as well as the growth uh, to drive scalable business models and build the game-changing companies that we're excited to continue to back?
0: So what advice are you giving startup founders right now, given these tough market conditions?
4: As a board member and a partner to many of the founders that I work with, I'm trying to help them see around corners and see what's coming down the pike. And I think one of the key things that founders are focusing on is not just how can they have clear eyes and continue to focus on their business, but also make the tough decisions. You know, oftentimes, uh, it can be it can be tempting to continue to want to see the world play out but what I see are those folks that are those founders that are making the tough decisions with clear eyes with advice from their executive teams as well as their in- investor partners are, are going to be the ones that cannot just weather the storm but hopefully emerge even stronger
0: so, Talk to me a little bit then about the founders you think that will or can be successful at a time like this. I mean, people are calling this, you know, dot-com bust 2.0. I mean, this could go down in the history books as a tectonic shift in, you know, the, industry, you know, the, the companies that survive and the companies that do not
4: we continue to focus on backing not only passionate founders but emily you just mentioned how tough the times are the word that comes to mind is grit our you know founders and companies that can be gritty and not just as i mentioned move through this time but potentially emerge stronger i also look for founders that are beacons that are beacons for talent that'll continue to be beacons for customers and for capital even in the tough times, I think we're going to continue to see investment in really high quality teams and really high quality businesses. Those aren't going away. Um, what we're seeing is that flight towards that really high quality, where there's growth but also efficient growth to building these companies.
0: And I know you know you obviously you also worked in banking, you helped take some companies public. What is your sense of how long this downturn lasts? You know, how long are we in for here? Is it six months? Is it eighteen? Is it three years?
4: Well, you know, I am continuing to be continuously optimistic that we'll we'll make our way through. That being said, planning for a bit of a stormy weather ahead. So, um, you know, your guess is as good as mine in terms of how long this will last. But I think we're continuing to invest in companies and work with founders that are seeing not just a a brightness on the horizon, but hopefully continuing to work through these storms. Uh, My guess is we're gonna be in this for a considerable amount of time. And so having folks that are gonna continue to focus on the fundamentals of their business, uh, keep the main thing the main thing and build towards the future.
0: All right, keep the main thing, the main thing. We'll remember that. Kristen phone, general partner at CRV, thank you so much for stopping by. All right, coming up, Peloton continuing to struggle, but the CEO still upbeat. We'll explain why next. This is Bloomberg.
5: He is here. Starting to pour
6: in. The
7: numbers are holding up better than expected. Sorry, business isn't all that bad.
5: Bloomberg breaks the numbers first. Netflix earnings going to cross the wire. A
7: big beat. The stock is up more than eight percent. Coming in stronger than their rivals.
5: With exclusive expert analysis.
7: Finally back to growth. The mother of all opportunities. What is the industry to watch? That's where the rubber hits the road for Goldman Sachs. It's
3: going to be a really interesting earnings season.
5: Bloomberg Television and Radio, the fastest numbers and analysis you trust
0: peloton rebounding after tumbling earlier with the company posting a weaker forecast than expected even as the ceo declared it's beating its own timeline for turning the fitness company around joining us now bloomberg's mark german mark uh Talk to us about what's going on here. Investors clearly don't like what they see.
8: Yeah, what we got this morning was the definition of a mixed earnings report or PR putting its (laughs) fingerprints over some numbers here. So if you look at the numbers, things are not so great. You're seeing a revenue forecast to decline about 37% uh, in the current quarter. That's the second fiscal quarter for Peloton. On the other hand, you have a letter from Barry McCarthy, Peloton CEO, saying that the ship is starting to turn. That is my impression as well. You are seeing some positive direction happening in some of these numbers. Gross margins have improved over the past couple quarters. Free cash flow has improved. What we don't like are the revenue numbers specifically for hardware. Their hard, hardware revenue numbers continue to fall while their subscription numbers continue to climb. The good news there is you see usage is continuing, churn is very low, subscriptions are continuing, but people are not buying the hardware. To me, this raises the question, why is Peloton in the hardware business at all, right? Why not completely pivot the company away to putting its tablet on third-party bikes? As we know, Peloton probably Mm. has the best content, probably has the best software in the hardware bike and treadmill space. Why not? Just get rid of your failing hardware business and make a really big subscription business. So, I think that's where the company may eventually go. Uh, So, clearly, some really bad news on overall revenue, but some good news in terms of how the company is framing what it's calling a turnaround and on the subscription front.
0: How do we measure whether the company is really beating its own timeline? Do you agree?
8: I mean, there's really no way to measure if it's beating its own timeline. We have to take their word for it, right? Barry McCarthy says his timeline was longer than the one year he says that, you know, this has taken, right? Remember, he joined in February, and he's really pulled the company apart. You've laid off thousands of people already. Uh, You've outsourced manufacturing. You've outsourced customer service. You've outsourced deliveries, right? So they pulled every lever possible. They've run the company into the ground and really starting you know trying to start over but we don't see the positive impact there on the stock obviously they're down you know over 90 percent at this point uh in the last year or so uh but you are seeing some positive comments and positive momentum they're really talking up subscriptions subscriptions are now well over 60 percent of their overall revenue right which obviously wasn't the case at their you know when they were high flying at the you know the top of the pandemic So I think if they continue to move the needle in subscriptions, they really try to compete with Apple Fitness Plus, Uh, they really try to integrate with bundles between hardware and software, and ultimately, maybe exit hardware, something that I speculate they should do, Mm -hmm. not something they said they would do, I think they, you know, could be on solid ground for a little while.
0: Quick question, what about an acquisition, Amazon, Apple, would they ever buy Peloton?
8: I don't think Apple would ever buy Peloton. They have Fitness Plus, they have the Apple Watch, and really you would be buying their hardware business, which is you know, failing at this point. Amazon, maybe for Prime. I really think Netflix has not done a good job in expanding beyond their core content. They've really failed in gaming. They should probably try to get into music as well, but Fitness, that could be a big way to lock people into Netflix subscriptions.
0: All right, looks like some CEOs have some consulting to do with Mark Gurman. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. always appreciate you stopping by. Coming up, self-driving technology getting more and more scrutiny from regulators around the world. After the break, we're going to talk about the challenges for autonomous driving with one of the leaders in the space. This is Bloomberg. (laughs)
5: To Stein to pull
9: the
7: numbers are holding up better than expected. Sorry, business isn't all that bad.
5: Bloomberg breaks the numbers first. Netflix earnings going across the wire. A
7: big beat. The stock is up more than 8%. They're coming in stronger than their rivals.
5: With exclusive expert analysis.
7: Finally back to growth. The mother of all opportunities. What is the industry to watch? That's where the rubber hits the road for Goldman Sachs.
0: Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. I want to get back to the markets and names across EV and mobility on the move. Here's Ed Ludlow back again. Ed?
1: Yeah, Nikola is where I was spending my morning. And it was really interesting. The stock up as much as 11% and then ultimately closing down 11% pretty reasonable performance in the corner, you know, very modest revenues. But what spooked the market was, in fact, they are not going to reach their original guidance of 300 battery electric semi trucks this year and actually sort of downgraded the outlook for the rest of the year and next year, saying that performance is not going to be as good as they hope. Their expectations are being lowered because Customers for battery electric commercial vehicles are pulling up back. They're basically saying that the cost is too high right now, the charging infrastructure is too high. You look at that chart and kind of the wild ride that we had for Nikola throughout Thursday's session. Two others in that space as well, Fisker also sliding after it reported a loss and RBC cut the stock to sector perform. I think there's a lot of interest in Fisker given that they plan to start production of their SUV This month, of course, it's built by a third party. And then you have Aurora Innovation, more focused on the autonomous driving space. This is a very much a pre-revenue company, but with some fighting talk. They are capitalized to get them through 2024. And Aurora telling investors that from 2024, they're on track to launch this commercial autonomous trucking business. Fighting talk. The stocks seem to like it. Is fighting talk enough? I think there's a lot of questions in this space right now.
0: All right, Ed, hang on. I want to stick with Aurora and the future of autonomy. Aurora giving some fighting talk about the real world prospects for self driving tech, but the industry is having a rocky patch with competitor Argo AI shutting down after Volkswagen and Ford walked away from backing that deal. Is it the first crack in the bigger fissure in self driving technology? Aurora's co founder and CEO, Chris Urmson, is with us now. So, Chris, what do you think? Is it?
9: Yeah, I think it's just normal, right? What we're seeing right now is what happens in any industry, that uh, if you look at the automotive industry, at the beginning of the 20th century, there was 250 car companies. By the 1930s, there was three. Uh, And so we've seen a lot of companies kind of spring up, explore this space, and some of them are going to succeed, some of them aren't. At Aurora, we've positioned ourselves to be independent, to have the capital we need, the people and the technology. and so. You know, I'm actually more optimistic than ever before about the space and where we're going.
0: Well, as you say, risk is normal, but if you look at what happened with Argo shutting down, big investors or potential investors pulling out, is that a risk Aurora faces?
9: No, in fact, it's been, it's part of our strategic advantage, right? From day one, we wanted to be an independent company because we knew we wanted to be able to focus on the thing that mattered, on delivering on our mission, getting self-driving technology into the market. Uh, when Jim Farley talked about shutting down their investment in Argo, he literally said, we want to place our bet somewhere else, right? So we don't want to be another bet. We want to be the bet. Uh, and I think we, if you look at our investor base, these are folks who get the opportunity, understand the quality of the team, and are excited about the journey we're on.
1: Chris, it's good to see you uh, virtually at least. You you just said that what we're seeing in the industry is normal. But what VW and Ford were saying is that actually we're pulling out because this is a much more distant technology than we thought. It's too far away right now. What are you doing to ensure stability for yourselves in terms of raising money? Are you going to plan headcount reduction to kind of preserve cash because you guys still have a little way to go as well.
9: Yeah, so I've been in the space for 20 years-ish. Um, so kind of understand how hard the problem is. And again, we, we engineered the company from day one to solve these important problems, realizing we were climbing a mountain. So as a company, we have amazing partners. We work with, as you've got on the screen here, Volvo trucks. We work with Packard, two of the top three truck manufacturers. We work with Toyota, the world's number one car manufacturer. Uber, the world's one one ride-hailing platform, FedEx, Schneider, Werner, some of these amazing trucking companies. So we feel like we're spring-loaded on that front to to go to market. So, you know, yep, we we raised a lot of capital last year. We're in a very strong position with $1.2 billion on the balance sheet at the end of the quarter. So we're we're really excited about the, the path forward here.
1: Is it possible that Apple or Microsoft buys your company, Chris?
9: we have so so i think you're alluding to a memo that leaked that i drafted for a conversation with our board uh, and so i don't know whether it's possible or not um uh you know we're not going to comment on those kind of things but it's i think for any company in the in the existing marketing conditions you need to be exploring the span of options from um you know as you said headcount reduction acquiring companies using you know like they talk about a crisis being the worst thing to waste Uh, through focus. And and as a company, that's what we've taken, right? It's the path, okay, we're going to focus on getting the trucking product to market. We're going to be more efficient where we can be with the capital we have on hand. And we're just going to execute through this. And we have the capital to do that. And we have the team and technology to make it happen.
1: Chris, when you and I last saw each other, we were in Texas riding around in self-driving semi-trucks. Do you remember that? But You know, your original ambitions for Aurora were were broader than that. It seems like very much the focus is on the the use case of trucking, delivery, haulage. Um, Have you had talks with some of the big players in that space, like Amazon, like Walmart?
9: Uh, So, so... We are still building a platform that will drive all kinds of vehicles. The right first place for us to deploy the technology is in trucking. We see the opportunity, the market need is there, the economics are there, the market scale is there, right? It is just the right place to deploy this first. But we have those partnerships with Toyota and Uber that a spring load is when we get to ride hailing, which will be our second product in the space we expect uh, to be, you know, to, to go charge into that. And yes, we have amazing partnerships. Right, FedEx is the largest carrier of less-than-truckload uh, loads in the U.S., and it's also the the most carrier or most tractors and trailers of anyone in the U.S. So we're working with some amazing folks today.
0: You know, talk to us about the longer term. You know, beyond trucking, where could this technology go, and how long is it really going to take? Because you know. You know, much of our coverage recently has been we've been talking and talking and talking about this. You said you've been in this industry for twenty-ish yeah. years, um, but it still hasn't fully come to fruition.
9: Well, we're at this point. So, so one of the challenges with our technology is we get to develop it like out in the public because we're on the roads and people see it. And so, I, I think you get to see a little bit more behind the curtain of what it takes to actually develop a game-changing or world-changing technology. I think it's really exciting to see some of our competitors have vehicles on the road with no drivers in in places like uh, um, in Arizona and in San Francisco. We're on the road every day with our trucks hauling loads for our customers. And so that's exciting. And we're looking forward to the next few years. And we've been a leader in transparency. We've shared our roadmap from here to the the launching the product with an operator. And we continue we want to continue to do that to build trust uh, through what I think of as the, the current valley of disillusionment.
0: So can you give me a number? How long until long-haul trucking is truly driverless?
9: Yeah, so we've shared a roadmap for us. Uh, at the end of Q1, we're working towards having the Aurora driver be feature complete, which means it does everything it needs to to be able to drive, just not yet well enough. By the end of next year, we're working towards uh, having the Aurora driver be ready so that if we had a truck platform that had the, inter- the, the was autonomy enabled, we'd be able to pull the operators out of those trucks and have them operate without anybody on board. And we expect to actually launch in, in the following year in 24.
0: Uh, hang on, we're actually getting some breaking news across the Bloomberg from our own Mark Erman about Apple's hiring plan. Apple pausing hiring for roles outside of research and development. Uh, I had talked to Tim Cook earlier this year, and he said they were going to be deliberate uh, in terms of how they cut, or where they cut, or where they spend, and where they grow. Uh, but this is uh, apparently an escalation from earlier budget cuts and a signal of a a hiring slowdown. Again, Apple pausing hiring for many jobs outside of R&D. Chris, look, you know, I know Ed asked earlier about the difficulty of the environment, but, you know, have you thought about cost cuts? Have you thought about layoffs? It seems like everyone is, is, is thinking about it, but everyone's strategy is different. For example, Brian Chesky told us yesterday uh, to use a car analogy, he said we're actually stepping on the gas, not yeah. stepping on the brakes.
9: Yeah, for us, we we continue to focus on being efficient with the capital we have. That'll push us, the capital we have on hand pushes into mid twenty twenty four. We've looked at where can we be doing things sequentially rather than in parallel, and that's one of the reasons why we're focusing so much on trucking. We're not uh, not doing cars, but we're gonna. Kind of have that more streamline off the back of what we do in trucks. We've looked at through the organization, how can we restructure things to be more efficient? We've made changes to the way people report. Um, we've looked for duplications and simplified those and moved people in different parts of the organizations. And we've looked at, you know, what are the things we need versus what are the things we want? And we're just getting the things we need. Um, so we're being thoughtful, we're extending the runway where we can, but but the opportunity is so exciting, the position we're in is so amazing uh, that we just need to charge through this, drive through
1: it. Chris, will you hire any of those laid off from Argo AI? And, and give me your big picture take on consolidation in this industry.
9: Yeah, so absolutely. right? We're always looking for great people. We're hiring people today. We've got a bunch of jobs open. If you're interested, please apply. Uh, <laughs> and we're certainly reaching out to some of the Argo folks um consolidation is happening i've said this for years i've said that like when we started the company let's make sure aurora is set up so that it can be a consolidator rather than consolidate uh and it's why we've taken the independent path we have it's why we've been efficient building the company why we've raised the capital we have at the times we have uh and so yes we're i expect that at the end of the day, there's going to be at most a handful of companies that kind of cross the chasm and deliver a product in that. And we're positioning Aurora to be one of those.
0: All right. Crossing the chasm, driving through it. Uh, appreciate uh, sharing your thoughts with us. Aurora CEO Chris Erman, er, Ermson and our own Ed Leto, Thank, thank you both very much. All right, coming up, two major power players in crypto. Just reported earnings Coinbase and Square coming up. This is Bloomberg. And block just reported earnings as headwinds for crypto persist. Bloomberg's Shinali Bosick dug through. The report, Shanali. What are the highlights? It's a pretty good day when you're looking at these firms, and you're looking at Block, for example,
7: which had already sold off 67% this year. We're coming in with gross profit above expectations. They're really growing their cash out there. I want to kind of hone in here as it pertains to crypto, because of course we have a very crypto-friendly CEO in Jack Dorsey. Bitcoin revenue was 1.8 billion, nearly. While that's down about 3% year over year, it's still up. 128% 128% on a three-year compounded growth rate. So if you're looking at the crypto market and how it, what it means for these fintech firms, it's really not as bad as it could be. And of course, that commitment's still there as they grow those other financial services. REALLY QUICKLY PIVOTING HERE. Uh, EVEN the, THE COINBASE, THEY HAVE REALLY uh, HIGHLIGHTED A LOT OF HEADWINDS HERE. YOU DO SEE THAT JUMP HERE IN SUBSCRIPTION AND SERVICES REVENUE. AND THAT IS EVEN LARGER, THAT JUMP. IT WOULD BE 82% WHEN YOU HOLD CRYPTO PRICES CONSTANT. THEY'RE REALLY BENEFITING FROM NET INTEREST INCOME. SO YOU'RE SEEING THESE FIRMS REALLY LEANING ON THE DIVERSIFICATION, EMILY, OF THE BUSINESSES HERE IN ORDER TO SHOW INVESTORS WHAT THEY'RE WORTH. ROBINHOOD, WE HAVE TO POINT OUT AS WELL BECAUSE because revenue topped estimates, uh, and really, they're the, stock-wise, they're the down. They're down the least of the group here. They're only down about 30% this year. Crypto decreased 12%, but options and equities were up. And cost-cutting is really helping them uh, drop operating expenses down 12%. And you're seeing that help them really come in with an adjusted uh, profit number that is better than expected. They're coming in with adjusted profit that is rather than loss. But again, can that can that hold when it's not just on an adjusted basis?
0: You know, Jack Dorsey, of course, the CEO of Block, has been in the news all year for a totally different reason, given the drama that's happening at Twitter. You know, did we hear from Jack on the call? And, you know, talk to us a little bit. Obviously, he was really instrumental in, in launching some of Twitter's early crypto projects. Tell us a little bit more
7: about the connection. Certainly, because we know Jack himself has really supported a lot of companies in the in the Lightning Network, for example, and really tried to integrate it with Twitter. But no, he, he was available on the block call. We know he's focusing very much so on block and financial services. He did not discuss Twitter. A question I would have that's kind of looming out there in the ether is as it pertains to block and Twitter. We asked Anthony Noto yesterday at SoFi a similar question, given his former Twitter background whether these new fintech firms can partner with twitter in order to expand financial services to create that great super app that ed ludlow loves to talk about so looming open (laughs) question and it's uh, yet to be seen but uh, noto yesterday certainly did seem like they were open for business should that be something that twitter would explore
0: All right, uh, Bloomberg Bosik, thank you. On that note, we just got another headline on the Bloomberg that Elon Musk is asking Twitter to cut infrastructure costs by a billion dollars. This on top of more than 3,700 employees that we've reported will be laid off at Twitter tomorrow and that they will be informed of whether or not uh, they're going to be laid off tomorrow. So, again, another headline coming from Reuters that Musk is... Uh, calling on Twitter to cut infrastructure costs by a billion dollars. Okay, coming up, it's been a choppy market for founders, but PitchBook's new report saw signs of resilience from businesses run by women. We'll talk to one of the report's sponsors next. This is Bloomberg. just released a report on women in venture capital, found that women founders have posted the second highest deal value figures on record despite volatility. Joining us now, Sarah Chen Spellings, co-founder and managing partner of Beyond the Billion. Um, Sarah, talk to us about um, the silver linings that you found for women-run businesses here.
10: Hi, Emily. So good to be here. Thanks so much for highlighting our report once again. You know, the data continues to tell the same story, and I think you've heard this narrative before, Emily, That female founders continue to outperform no matter what the circumstances, despite market conditions, despite their turbulence in the markets, they continue to be resilient and yet they continue to be underinvested. So while we are seeing higher numbers uh, compared to 2021 with with deal value becoming a lot higher um, in the recent months, what's not sort of on the upward trajectory that we're, we're really looking forward towards is the proportion of deal value and deal count as a whole compared to to the whole venture capital. So really a lot to unpack here, you know, from exit value to their performance in general, from uh, even looking at the burn rate of of venture capital funding. Um, And there's been a lot of news as I I think you've covered in your last uh, couple of segments as well.
0: Right. You found that women founders had lower burn rates greater valuation growth at the late stage versus companies founded by men year over year. What do you think's behind that?
10: Yeah, you know, this data, you know, people always ask us, are you surprised by the numbers? And the reality is we're not because women continue to outperform in leaps and bounds. And the reason for that is this, Uh, good news, bad news, they've not traditionally had a lot of funding and they've had to work Uh, with what they had and that means that they're a lot more resilient they've planned their cash management and they're able to weather the storm and this you know guess what it is a little bit of a funding winter and the storm is here and whilst you know there will be winners and losers I think it's clear that uh, women have been smart about planning forward and their cash management is showing right now with the burn rates being a lot more manageable. And by the way, as you mentioned, you know, the drop in late stage funding in terms of median valuations that we saw, uh, you know, the crash from from the uh, valuations from 2021, which was really, you know, a blockbuster year that, that we're starting to sort of see unravel now, uh, was really showing how there were a lot of companies that had, valuations that were not sustained. And with female founders, they're always a lot more, um, I wouldn't call it conservative, but they're a lot smarter, a lot more um, realistic about their projections and what they can do. And therefore, their valuations are sustained. That's sort of explaining the numbers of why the drop hasn't been as much as you've seen uh, for the wider market.
0: I'm not going to argue with those adjectives, Sarah. Uh, Talk to us (laughs) about The sectors uh, that are seeing the most growth, you know, we were talking about health tech earlier, Mm self-driving tech earlier, and the narrative is different for all of them.
10: Yeah, well, Emily, you know, the good news is that women continue to innovate in all sectors, right? So, of course, we see the data where there's a lot of uh, growth in retail, in B2B SaaS. In fact, you know, some of the top unicorns that have female founders at the helm were women in health tech and women in SaaS as well. The two Decacorns that emerged, so Decacorns being for those who may not be as familiar, uh Multi-billion companies valued at $10 billion. And that's uh talk desk and deal that really brought the valuation up. Um and, and sort of the numbers and trends that we're seeing. So we're seeing a lot of growth in retail, in health tech, in fintech and SaaS, and we're excited by as a whole, you know, for, for the work that we do with our consortium of funds, over 100 funds across the globe, uh, women continue to innovate across the sectors despite market conditions. Even if they're in a sector that's being hit hard right now with market conditions, they are pivoting and figuring out what next.
0: How are dynamics between LPs and GPs changing in this environment? There's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines that venture capitalists have raised. There's not necessarily a place to put it all.
10: Yeah, Emily, thanks for asking all of that. You know, the LP and GP uh, sort of connection is one that we focus a lot on, right? And I think you've picked that up rightly. Uh, Despite what has been said about uh, the fundraising winter, it's clear that there is a dispersion, right? There are winners and there are losers and there are those multi-billion firms that continue to raise billions of dollars, and you know we've got a lot of dry powder sitting on the sidelines. But he, this is what's happening. You know, LPs are being a lot more cautious. Right, the word is we're optimist- like, optimistically uh, cautious about the way forward, and therefore, despite money in the bank. Um, a lot of them are being slow to deploy. So in fact, you know, whilst you're seeing a lot of money being passed on to GPs, uh, this doesn't necessarily pass on to the founders, which is where they're feeling the crunch a little bit. But, you know, the winners will emerge and I think it'll be more and more important to, Uh, see founders really emerge in this crisis right I think a lot of the big names that you and I know Uber Airbnb all emerged from a time of crisis and I think uh, this is going to be a good time uh, for GPs that are focused on what next the next generation companies to really do the right thing and LPs have a role to play here
0: Beyond the Billions co-founder Sarah Trent Spellings, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Worth checking out the report in more depth if you'd like. Later on the show this week, Friday, Expedia CEO Peter Kern will talk to us about the travel rebound or lack thereof. This is Bloomberg.
9: Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws.
11: Okay, Andy, take it easy.
9: Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying.
12: Can't get your day started or keep it going without coffee? Well, get in on the buzz. Smoothie King does coffee better than the rest. Delicious coffee smoothies made with your choice of new, robust espresso or mellow cold brew. Plus the added boost of real nutrition and no artificial flavors. Now, any time of day, make Smoothie King your king of coffee. Just pure energy and clean ingredients in every sip. Buzz in with the Smoothie King app to discover
4: exclusive savings for our healthy rewards members.
6: This is the FCB Podcast Network.
11: Hey everybody um, I would like to welcome you to the power of our dollar podcast um, this is a new podcast hosted on fcbradio.com and we are looking to highlight black businesses in the Northeast Ohio region um, today we have our first interview and we have the, the Deontay, excuse me, Deontay Morrow of the Morrow Group and Company. Uh, the Morrow Group and Company is a brokerage, an insurance brokerage agency. Um, and I'd just like to welcome you, Deontay. How are you today?
13: I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. I feel blessed and it's a pleasure to be your first episode.
11: Great. We're so glad to have you here. Um, tell us about the Morrow Group. Um, what exactly, as an insurance brokerage, what do you do? And what are the products that you offer?
13: Okay, I'll start off by saying we are based in Cleveland, Ohio, right in the Collinwood area. Uh, but we service clients for auto, home any type of business insurance, life insurance as well, nationwide. Uh, Our primary states are Georgia, Texas, Florida, and of course, Ohio. And we have some other states that we service uh, clients for as well, but those are our main focus states.
11: Okay. So, um, you service Ohio and other states. Um, tell us, you know, why you got into the business. What made you, um, you know, what what is your passion in terms of the work that you do?
13: Uh, I be, I've been in the industry for about five, going on six years now. It's funny every time I get asked that question by someone that's not in the industry versus someone that's in the industry. Most insurance brokers, agents, they randomly just fall into the position. Uh, and that's, that's kind of my story. My background is athletics. I Was a hometown Cleveland football player. I went to St. Edward High School where I played football. I played a couple of sports, but my main focus sport was football. I then was blessed with the opportunity to have scholarships to play football on a bigger stage. I played in the Big Ten, and I finished up and got my degree at the University of Toledo, which is where I finished my last two years as a starter. I then went, I was an NFL free agent uh, for a little bit. But as you know, if you're an athlete, if you're a free agent, you don't get paid. Uh, so I, then I went to the coaching aspect of it. I was a Division One coach for three years, for three seasons. From there, and I transitioned from the coaching realm
3: and moved
13: back to Cleveland to be a little bit closer to my son because I was coaching in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Randomly, you know, on a search uh, for a new career. Ended up in the insurance industry. Uh, Ended up at a call center at a Fortune 500 company. Was not a fan of the call center, but I learned a lot. And I still wanted to get involved and be involved in the athletic realm of it. So as I began to plan uh, my future endeavors, uh, my business, I started business plans and so on and so forth, and it involved the insurance because I was in the insurance industry because I was very intrigued and interested by what I had learned. So from there, I launched the Morrow Grouping Company. And my passion is just to assist people. Um, I enjoy educating individuals on the insurance industry and how it works because when you come from the inner city of cleveland amongst nationwide inner cities where there's a lot of poverty a lot of and a lot of uneducated individuals when it comes to the insurance industry um somebody has to be the go-to uh, i enjoy being that go-to person uh to one educate them and then make sure they are provided the the correct coverage, whether it's an SR 22 for somebody that has a bad driving record, uh, um, a business policy, whether for a, for a bar or a, a barbershop or a home health care agency, uh, whether, whether it's life insurance for a top for a new mom or for, you know, a daughter looking to purchase life insurance or final expense insurance on a grandparent or, Or a parent for that nature, Uh, I found that a lot of times in the inner city, we don't we don't have we feel like we don't have access to that information, uh, and we don't know who to contact. And I take pride in in being that individual to where individuals feel like they can contact me, trust me, be to be their trustworthy broker to make sure that whatever type of insurance they need. I'm the go-to God, and the Morrow Group and company can get it done for
11: you. Okay, wonderful. So when you say that you enjoy um, educating people, what is the number one message that you would give to people about the importance of insurance um, and why having access to it is is valuable?
13: The well, number one thing I would say is get it now. Because it's always needed. When it comes to auto insurance, you have to have auto insurance if you have a car because it's illegal to drive without insurance.
14: Mm.
13: When it comes to life insurance, you're guaranteed, once you're guaranteed, once once you're born, you're guaranteed one thing in life and that's that you're going to pass away at some point in time. So if you're a parent who's got a child, um, you should have a policy on yourself to make sure that you leave your, your child with something. If you're a parent with a child, you should also have a life insurance policy on your child to make sure that they have something they could pass down for generations. Uh, People have been using life insurance policies as to start or fund generational wealth, which is something that is missing in our community. And I enjoy being an individual to educate my clients on why it's important and how it's important and making sure that they're insured and properly
11: so i have a kind of a personal question to that
13: yes yes
11: specifically about life insurance Mm -hmm. um so i'm one that i feel like i'm relatively um educated or i try to be um and life insurance has been one thing that's been relatively complicated for me i i will tell you in the different types of policies um But um, even more recently, I was watching like a Susie Orman or something like that. And um, having, she was having the conversation about having life insurance. And um, one of her uh, tips, I guess, was that um, instead of investing in a life insurance policy um, for someone like myself, who at this point, um, I'm, it's just me. Um, my, my daughter has grown. She's no longer dependent on me. Um, even though, again, there's, there's some, um, some desire to leave something behind. Yes. But her recommendation was to invest kind of that monthly policy money into, um, another uh, investment vehicle like a 401k or something that was more liquid, um, what would you say to that? To someone who, for example, has has finished um, raising their children and they are, are independent folks and just kind of... I'll
13: start off by saying does your do you want to have a child?
11: No, she doesn't. Okay.
13: Uh, hopefully she plans to continue the, the uh, to continue to grow your family heritage, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Possibly. <laughs> I got you.
15: We're um, now resting.
13: Yeah, w- whenever it happens,
15: okay? Uh-huh.
13: I'll, I'll give you a situation. You purchase a $100,000 policy make one payment you make the initial payment we're not going to say you but let's just say uh john doe purchases a hundred thousand dollar policy in june makes that initial payment he's been approved by whatever insurance company john then passes away from natural death um 45 to 60 days after. Okay, but he's only made three payments. Let's say those payments have been 50 bucks. It's $150, correct? Uh-huh. He passes away. Your daughter is listed as a beneficiary, or John's daughter is listed as a beneficiary. John's daughter now inherits. Minus of course, minus of course, those funeral expenses, so on and so forth, inherits inherits whatever that balance is. So let's say the average funeral uh, expenses are twenty thousand dollars. You've paid a hundred and John has paid hundred and fifty thousand dollars or fifty hundred and fifty dollars for a hundred thousand dollars worth of coverage. The funeral expenses were twenty thousand dollars he now leaves his daughter with $80,000. If you invest that same money into whatever other vehicle you choose to invest it in, are you guaranteed that type of, I'm not even going to say profit, are you guaranteed that type of, because it's not a profit, because somebody's losing their life, correct? Uh, Right. of course, we would always rather the individual, especially if it's somebody that's important and impactful in your life, right? Over the money, but you give me a vehicle. I would you give me a vehicle that can give you that type of return.
11: You asking me?
13: Yeah, I'm just that's that that would be my argument. Okay, so, somebody say that. Hey, I spent a hundred and fifty dollars. And I now have the total policy was a hundred thousand, but with funeral expenses, let's just say, okay, I now have netted eighty thousand dollars. And again, this is not about the money at all, because we would always rather have that individual in our lives than just the money, because it's not always about the money. Mm
14: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
13: There's there very few vehicles that can investment vehicles that can do that for you. It's very few. Right in the inner city, that, that's a that way they say that's a hell of a flip. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right?
11: 150
13: to eighty thousand now. Okay. A, a lot of times, uh, if you're not from the inner city, you most people don't understand that those other investment vehicles that we're talking about mm-hmm. are a little far-fetched and when i say far-fetched is if we we don't have we don't have the financial knowledge to make that happen okay. right? let alone the, the funds i hear that all the time hey why would you purchase a life insurance policy when you can invest it into into the stock market Again, there's no, there's not that chance of that investing that one fifty and making eighty thousand in that mm-hmm. time frame. the 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 ratio is a little different, right? And depending on the life and type of life insurance policy you have, your life insurance policy begins to accrue cash value if you have a whole life policy or a permanent policy. is what we would call it a whole life policy. If you, as long as you pay, make your payments on time, that life insurance policy begins to acquire what we call cash value. So you can, once it continue, once you make those payments, now it's usually a three to five year span where you have to make those payments to acquire that cash value. But once it's in there, it's in there. That cash value is your money. So let's say you make a purchase. Let's say again, I'll give the hundred thousand dollar policy. You make payments for three years. That third year, let's say the cash value is thousand dollars. That next year, the cash value is fifteen hundred. The next year, but so on and so on. It increases by five to a 1, thousand hundred. to $1,000 each year, you now have cash value. So if you're in, you can use a life insurance policy for emergency funds. Most people don't know that. You can borrow from your life insurance policy. You can use it for college tuition. You can use it to purchase your first home. You can use it for medical expenses. These are things that we don't know
14: what
13: mm-hmm. that we can use our life insurance policies for. Now, I'm not saying there's there's nothing wrong with diversifying your portfolio, but a life insurance policy is something that I'm gonna say that all people should have. Okay. Especially if you're from where we are from. When I say we, I mean people that are born, and re- born and raised in the inner city.
11: Hmm. Hmm. But well, that's a wonderful explanation. Thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if there was someone that um, is interested in being an entrepreneur, or or even specifically getting into the insurance business, what are what would be your most cautionary tale what would you tell them
13: Uh, my first cautionary tale would be well my advice in general have a plan as you heard me tell my story my the first thing i did once i realized i wanted to stay in the insurance industry but i wanted to venture off and do my own thing I started a business plan immediately. Now, to each his own on how, who, what, when, where, how you do your business plan, but there needs to be some type of plan in play, right? Financially, how are we gonna make this happen? What do we see? Set a three-month goal, set a six-month goal. You can set a one-year goal, three-year goal, five-year goal, 10-year goal. There has to be a plan in place that's one. You have to be self-motivated. You have to be willing to do the work. Because at the end of the day, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. And you cannot, number three is, you cannot be afraid to fail.
11: Mm,
13: that's good. You cannot be afraid to fail. So if I had to provide three gems for anybody, right, One, put a plan in place. Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if anybody who's successful, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're working at a Fortune 500, the number Fortune 500 company, number one thing that anybody will tell you uh, is that you have to be organized. So if you have a business plan in place and you're sticking to that strategy, probably organized. Number two is you got to be self motivated. You're gonna to have to work longer and harder, understanding that eventually it'll pay off. Mm-hmm.
14: Mm-hmm.
13: And three of them, you can't be afraid to fail, right? If you're afraid to fail, you'll never be able to reach your goals. Failure isn't failure when it comes to business. Failure is, you should, t- you should take it as a learning lesson, a tool, okay? Right did this the wrong way this time, now I know I need to go to path B and not path A, and it'll probably give me a different result. Now I need to, okay, this was, I did this right, but I did this wrong. I need to restructure my business plan to make sure A plus B equals C.
11: Right, your business plan is a fluid document. So it's something that can always be adjusted, right? Always absolutely so that's wonderful um so i guess my one last question is just to leave us with some motivation um in this in this i i feel like in this atmosphere in this environment where are no matter where we're at whether we're entrepreneurs or just going to work every day um, we have some struggles. So what would you leave us with as, as we face our, these daily struggles and looking at these economic times?
13: Um, first and foremost, you know, make sure your spiritual presence is there. So whatever religion you are, whoever you believe in, make sure your faith is strong. That's one, two. Uh, just enjoy life. Enjoy that it is its purest form. So enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your loved ones. Enjoy your craft, and by craft, if, if that is, if you're an entrepreneur, enjoy it. If you're uh, if you're a nine to five worker, enjoy it because something you know it can be taken away from you. So enjoy it at its purest form, embrace it, and be yourself. Be confident in who you are, stand on your ten toes, whatever your morals and character, whoever you are, be that person and be confident in that person.
11: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Deontay. Um, if anybody is interested in reaching out to you or would like to um, purchase any of your services, how can they reach you?
13: I can be reached on social media at the Real Insurance Coach. Just again, it's the Real Insurance Coach on Instagram. Um, our agency Instagram is the Morrow Group and co the Morrow group co on instagram that's our business page we have a website where you can request a quote www.morrowgroupco.com once again that's www.morrowgroupco.com and you can also find us on google we are one of the top rated homeowners insurance producers on google uh, if you're clicking the name we'll be up there We are, uh, I believe, a 4.5 to 5-star rating on Google and the Better Business Bureau. We also are MBE certified, along with Better Business Bureau as well
11: all right thank you Deontay I appreciate your time you guys make sure to check him out um, like he said on uh, the moral group and call on Instagram Google him um, looking at his website there are many many insurance vehicles that he has for your personal life your business um, Y'all, most of us cannot function literally, in a business without insurance. There's many places and spaces you have to ha- be able to prove you have insurance in your business. So um, he is the agent to go to if you're looking for those products, um, business, nonprofit insurance, anything like that. Uh, give him a call. Um, again, this is the power of your dollar podcast my name is ashley evans i am your host if you'd like to hear more from me uh please feel free to check out views with ashley evans on any of your podcast stations over there we're talking about politics and culture so check us out there as well And you can always follow me on Instagram at Ashley's Views, A-S-H-L-E-Y-E-S-V-I-E-W-S. And we look forward to more. Thank you again, Deontay.
13: Thank you for having me.
11: All right, you guys have a great day.
6: This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com.
9: Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws.
11: Okay, Andy, take it easy.
9: Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for
5: smart business buying. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply.
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at high.org.
13: We're back with more Zolak and Bertrand on the Sports Hub.
15: In the Ferrari and Jaguar, switching full length the top down, screaming out money in the bank. Bubble
13: hard in the double law, black with the window crack. Holler back, money in the bank.
15: Jigger, I don't like it if it don't gleam, clean in the hell with the price of the money in the bank.
5: Let's go to the Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline to welcome in RJ Bell, pregame.com on Twitter at RJ in Vegas that time of the week rj did you do your homework this week
3: well i'm ready for the nfl i mean that that listen there's only three buys three teams or three games not being played this week so i i couldn't do anything like animal handicapping come I on i
5: thought you were gonna look into this Yeah, dress.
3: lion versus the grizzly bear you know what's funny is five minutes before I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I was supposed to do that, and I thought, no way they're going to lead with that, RJ. Yep. Somehow it's the lead.
6: I I was not going to lead with it, RJ. You know what I was going to lead with? Everyone should be thanking you for giving out the lock of all locks yeah, Rogers Rodgers lock. Yeah. And I, I, I bet that, and it paid for my ridiculous, ridiculous Michigan State money line bet just because I'm an idiot Spartan fan. And I thought, nah, maybe there's a chance. But it was like a free bet because I put the same amount on that Aaron Rodgers bet that you told us to bet last week. Thank you. Genius.
3: Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm happy to hear that. It is fun when you have a very specific bet that is obvious when it's over under one and a half yards, either gets it or he doesn't and rushing, and when it happens, there's a collective element to it where we're all happy about it. That, that That is one of the cool things about gambling, like like the coin toss in the Super Bowl. Let's say somehow my theory was, which it kind of is, that tails is the way to go. If, if everyone's kind of waiting and it happens, it, it feels like we're connected.
5: Yeah, yeah, there is because. that. There's that community element to it. Well, uh, I would just um, go ahead, Artie. No, ahead. I don't want to force it. But
6: if there's anything like just fun like that, that you know has really no bearing on the game or anything else, if there's anything like that. Those are fun—the big collective bets that everybody can get behind, regardless of team fandom or affiliation. It's like, now nah, you just want a silly thing to bet on. And whenever one of those pops up, please don't be shy.
3: Because you fun. know, I might, I might have one by the end of the segment. Actually, oh, nice.
5: Hey, before we get to our picks, I just want to ask you a general question. Based on the mediocrity in the league, is this a very difficult year to bet on the National Football
3: League? <sighs> Here's here's why it, it feels difficult. Is some of the teams that are winning, in fact, a lot of the surprise teams statistically aren't that good. So the Giants, who are on their bye, good right. record, statistically not that good. And you look at Seattle. You know they're they're improving on defense, but statistically not that good. Minnesota isn't. So there's a lot of situations where there's a team like Jacksonville who's got good numbers but he's losing and it seemed like the Giants that has bad numbers, but they're winning, it's hard to know when that's going to turn.
5: RJ, I know just to go off the Aaron Rodgers thing, back in week one I was asking you about player props and the rise in popularity. This to me has become the year of the player prop in, in gambling. I feel like it's bigger than ever before and it's only growing.
3: And I think part of that is the overlap with daily fantasy. Yeah. Because if you really think about it, effectively, what is all the daily fantasy talk about? How are players going to do versus expectation? Well, what is a prop? Players versus expectation. So there's a lot of fantasy guys that dabble in props and vice versa. And I think it is understandable. Is Because if you're in a diner and you're having a debate about something, hey, how's Brady going to do this week? Well, his over-under is 200 and whatever yards, and you can decide over or under. It really shuts people up. It's kind of like it gives them a chance to back their opinions with money, which some people like that. Other people would rather just talk about it, though.
5: All right, let's get to some of the picks and get to what we're feeling about this weekend. I can tell you that I like the Rams plus three visiting the Buccaneers how do you view that matchup?
3: Well, first off, you, you got the better number, right? It, as of Wednesday early, it was two and a half. And three, even though three doesn't fall as much as it used to, it's still the most common end to a game is a three-point win, especially when the line's around three. So I at two and a half, I like Tampa. At three, I like the Rams. Now, that sounds goofy, but it really is that big of a number that you could have a slightly winning bet. Now, this is amazing. You could bet plus three, minus two and a half, and have a slight positive expectation because it's such a key number.
5: Wow. I like it. Sharp, baby. Real sharp. All right. I'm taking um, I'm taking the Raiders, a desperate team. Getting They're giving up one and a half on the road at Jacksonville, who seems to be going the other way.
3: Now, listen, a lot of people think I joke and I I try to make it where it's, like, uh, dramatically negative to you guys. But we do our podcast, and, you know, we have a best bet, or I have a best bet every week, and everyone does. My best bet was Jacksonville. So (laughs) I I, I do think this is a weird – I mean, here's the question. Do you really believe the Raiders are the better team?
5: Yeah, I do. Uh,
3: I do. And, and I mean, the numbers say they're not – and the numbers say that you know, hey, Raiders are better than the record, but they're not better than Jacksonville's in in theory better than the record. So I actually think you're right about motivationally. But here's the, you know, the, the Raiders are going to have it, but so does Jacksonville. And, and the question is, and I live here in Vegas, it's the first time since this hiring. The question is, well, do we have the right coach? This guy flamed out in Denver. Then he went and did his penance back in New England. But what what did he learn? He, He said a lot of things about being different now, but it seems like he took a playoff team, and that's the narrative here in town. He took a playoff team, and they're in the toilet. I would say there's a lot of pressure. I'm not sure about motivation, yeah, but I think there's pressure. And one last thing, they stayed in Florida. Alright, Now, that's usually a good thing. When you have an East Coast trip and you're a West Coast team and you stay back like Sam Fran did in Youngstown and stuff, it usually brings the team together. But if you have a lost season and now you're going to be away from your family, away from whatever you like back home, maybe that feels like drudgery. To me, I think this could be a trip where they stayed over the Raiders in Florida and it may be a negative for them. I actually like Jacksonville.
6: Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't have an opinion this week because I've been so bad. I, um, I deferred this week and gave it to uh, a, a friend of my dog's. <clears throat> this guy <laughs> who likes to give my dog treats when we're out uh, walking each morning. I said, one, bark,
3: my- one bark means favorite, two barks
6: mean dog. No, this is a human friend of my dog. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, he likes uh, the over in the Bears-Dolphins game.
3: Now, that is a fascinating play because what you have is a Miami team that's heating up on offense. They had their best game last game. You've got a Chicago team that in the New England game changed their approach on offense, was very successful, and put up a lot of points against Dallas. Some people thought Dallas was the second-best team or second-best D in the league, and maybe they are. Here's the one. I like it. Two concerns. Okay. Three concerns. <laughs> one, the weather, right? It could be windy. They're staying up to 15 miles an hour. And there's nothing that hurts scoring more than wind, okay. all right? Number one. Number two, Chicago plays almost all zone defense. And against Miami, you've got to play zone. So in a weird way, that's a, a kind of a positive matchup in that regard for less points, right? Because the, the zone is comfortable for Chicago, and that's what you need to play against the speed of Miami. Finally, the line has gone up. This line was 44. Now it's 45 and a half. And it's not like any move is terrible, but 44 is a key number when it comes to totals because it's combinations of sevens and threes that are going to be the most common. So I like it, but I would have liked it much more if it wasn't windy and it was 44.
6: This is why this is the best segment of the week. This is why people love RJ. I never even thought about that. It's brilliant. All right. Well, I'm still taking it, but I understand the <laughs> I understand the 44 versus 45. That makes a lot of. Well, sense. Well, you've
5: got to understand though. This is uh, now the point of the season that Hardy has reached at one six and one. You don't have to with tell his him picks that this season. You don't he's need now, to tell him my
6: business. He's now asking. Why don't you just fade it? Neighbors. Fade it.
5: It's
6: Costanza.
5: I tried that. It wasn't working. <laughs> He's in a real bad rut right now. I'm just, I'm <laughs> That's what it is. Just in a bad rut. He's in a bad way. All right, we've talked about that over. How do you feel about Seahawks Cardinals this week?
3: Uh, well, Seahawks it, this,
5: plus one and a half?
3: Yeah, so this was three. I mean, just uh, uh, last week you could have bet this at three. The look ahead, this is the coming out party for Seattle. Yep. This is a team that, let's be honest, Geno Smith is playing Wow. Well. This does not feel like a fluke. The guys that watch the all 22 are saying it's not a fluke. The defense last three games, EPA, best defenses in the NFL, Seattle's number two. So what was the big problem has improved. The only thing that concerns me, again, line move, could have been, you know, three went to one, one and a half, but number as a dog. But number two, it felt like. After the game against the Giants, Seattle took their victory lap. Because they haven't been talking about Russ. They haven't been talking about how good they're playing. They've been just playing. And after that Giants win, it felt like they were saying, you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care about who gets credit. Everyone's heard about that. But it does feel like they were taking their bows. And just karma. I'm not a karma guy, but generally, once you do that, the next game isn't as good. So I would lean Seattle, but I think it's less attractive because they've become more of a public team.
5: All right, R.J. Appreciate the time as always. Did you have that one last bit for us?
3: I'm going to give it. Rally around. I felt a lot of love from you guys today, so I'm going to give you one more. And I love the audience. It doesn't matter when I'm not happy with you guys. I love the Boston audience. Alvin Kamara rush, no, check this, receiving yards over 36-and-a-half. And Andy Dalton, Kamara really hadn't been getting a lot of targets. Andy Dalton has been... Uh, checking down to him like crazy, and usually it's hard for the bookies to keep up with what quarterback's throwing to whom, and I think we have a big advantage, Kamara over receiving yards, 36-and-a-half.
5: Love it, R.J., R.J. Bell, ladies and gentlemen. R.J., we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, boys. R.J., see you, R.J. Always Thank a you. fun time talking, R.J. Alvin Kamara over 36-and-a-half. Uh, we'll get back to your calls on this Finish Strong Friday. Brought to you by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. We'll get that coming up next. Uh, We've got some other items to get to. Bruins with a signing today, which will undoubtedly be a controversial move by the Bruins. They are killing all their good vibes right now. Sweeney has addressed it, too. I'm sure he has. He's going to need to. Uh, That's coming up. On the way, you're on Zolak and Bertrand. This Sports Hub On Demand content is brought to you by Coastal Heritage Bank. No two homes are alike, and neither are two homeowners. At Coastal Heritage Bank, we offer mortgage products to serve a variety of needs. Whether you're purchasing your first or second home or refinancing, when it comes to getting the right mortgage, we see you and your home as unique. And that makes all the difference. Find your mortgage
9: at CoastalHeritageBank.com. Coastal Heritage Bank, growing together member FDIC, member DIF, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 451459.
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the high's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States. Confronting the modern. Get tickets now at high.org.
5: Opinionated Afarious uh, er, 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 er is nautical. And passionate no, 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 ignorance is no, 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 bliss. Zolak, 5, the sports hub. So the Bruins today, in the middle of having great success on the ice. Tell me something about the Bruins. And having a fabulous start to the season. And the only question is, can they keep it up? That's it. That's the only question. How long can they keep this great streak of winning going? In the middle of all of that, they decided today it would be great to go out and sign a player who a couple of years ago was drafted by the Phoenix Coyotes with the 111th overall pick before the team renounced the pick and dumped the player due to allegations of bullying against the player. And so when you hear bullying, you're like, yeah, okay, well, bullying, dude, no, it's one's it's endor- no one's endorsing or condoning bullying, but is that something that would, uh you know a, a bullying allegation as a kid in high school i think it was yeah yeah is that enough to when he was a teenager yes. you know, derail his his potential nhl career well uh the allegations and criminal charges for what he did were pretty stunning uh, it happened in 2016 the player his name Mitchell miller and a classmate were found delinquent in an Ohio juvenile court on charges of assault and violation of the Ohio Safe Schools Act. The pair were accused and found guilty of forcing a developmentally disabled African-American classmate, Isaiah Meyer Crothers, to eat a piece of candy that they had wiped along the inside of a urinal repeatedly bullying the other kid and repeatedly calling him the N-word. Surveillance video also captured the two kicking and punching Meyer Meyer Crothers. Uh, The bullying accusations and, uh, well, not accusations, but what happened, the incident resurfaced after the Arizona Republic published an in-depth report on the incident in October of 2020. The Republic expose, reading from Wikipedia now, also revealed that Miller would frequently use the words, the N-word, and brownie to refer to, again, the developmentally disabled kid. Would also tell the kid to, quote, go pick their cotton." This, again, is the guy that the Bruins just signed today. The Coyotes, when they first uh, drafted the player in 2020, cited their desire to, quote, be a part of the solution in a real way and help Miller grow from the incident. And get a defenseman in the process. And and eventually become a leader against bullying and racism. And that, to me, is always one of these nice tricks that they play. That the people who have done the most egregious, you know, whatever it is, name the act, bullying. Oh, they're actually going to turn into an advocate against it. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, he murdered six guys again. This is a far reach, okay? But, like, would you get the murderer to to, talk people out of murdering people? No. You'd be like, no, no, you are not at all an example. You are not someone that people should take advice from. You are not someone that people should learn from when it comes to certain events. Right, and no. I'm not comparing the two, but like Kyrie Irving donating half a million dollars to to the ADL. This is I mean, not this is not on. a behavior that was a one time bad decision, right? This is repeated behavior. It's a pattern of behavior. It's not a one time, isolated. It's not an isolated, isolated drunken party, right. right? Not that that would matter either, but right, you're talking about pattern, pattern of abuse. Yes, a pattern of abuse. Which means there are other types of incidents. You know, I think there are some some things where you can become sort of a leader and advocate. There are people that have had, uh, like you know, as as high school kids, they had a drunk driving accident. Yeah, and they say, you know, I want to show you how this changes you grew. for life. I'm dumb, I'm how, done how you can drinking. make one dumb decision yep. one night and it will ruin and change your life. Yep. Right. I mean, that's sort of different. But this this is repeated behavior over and over and over again. And so the Bruins went out and decided to sign him today. Well, I mean, pure has been so so positive here, you know, lately that just little little something to offset it. And so there's also this: uh, there's a there's an accusation from the family of the person the the bullied yep. child in this, right? I mean, how old was he? Thirteen years old or so. Uh, And and forgive me, because we're just reading up on this. This just happened this hour. But the family claims, despite there being a court-ordered apology, that this kid, Miller, did not apologize to the person that he bullied, did not apologize to the family, and they actually reached out to the Coyotes after he was drafted reached out to the team and said that no letter was ever read to Isaiah the the kid who was bullied in this case and part of that may be that the court order as part of the the plea in this case was that he would have no further contact um but it's it's nasty allegations and the mother claims that Miller continued to taunt her son after it was all said and done. I believe her. Up until as she claimed in 2020, two years ago, which would have been 2018, two years after the initial incident was, uh, again, put through a juvenile criminal court process. And Don Sweeney said, you know what? This would be a good day to do that. For the team. Well, bring that guy. Yeah, I'm not even going to do my Don Sweeney voice today. No, no, no. no, Don't do that. No. Yep. No. Despicable. Don Sweeney today. So, yeah. I thought Ty Anderson had a good tweet on this uh, because someone, it may have been Ty himself, who asked the appropriate question here, which was, sweeney on signing mitchell miller i am not going to downplay that this has been a personal struggle as well as a professional struggle the team did not reach out to the victim's family during their vetting process ty anderson wrote just having a hard time thinking that this is going to be worth it for the bruins or for any other team and if you were going to do a vetting process wouldn't contacting the uh, family of the person who was the victim maybe be part of a vetting process? Who did you ask? His agent? Well, you're, you're, you're Who'd you talk to? When, this... <laughs> regardless of any sport, when you bring a player in like this or an Antonio Brown, you know, I'm, I'm not comparing the two. And I'm like, every case is different. Is the distraction and the problem that this could potentially call, cause within the chemistry of your already established locker room. Is it worth it? Is a player that freaking good? Is this what you really need? No, it's not worth it. Like Maybe if Don Sweeney had drafted better and he had a better farm system, he wouldn't have to think about a desperate move like this. You bring in baggage, damaged goods with issues, you bring them, in; those issues become your issues because you're going to be asked about them. You've, you've automatically now established a distraction within your room. That's all. I don't know how they're going to handle it. Like, Remember the Patriots drafted? Who was the guy they drafted? Uh, was it Christian Peter? Yes. Yeah, what do you do? End up, my, Mrs. Crafts said, get rid of him. Cut him. It's bad. We don't want this distraction here. And it happens. I mean, sometimes you just... Still, you know a person you bring them in and it just doesn't work out and they do something and you end up getting rid of the person
6: you know is that I want to say it's tough I don't think it's all that tough you know you you have the statement from Miller now talking about you know I made I made an extremely poor decision and acted very immaturely when I was in eighth grade this sounded like an ongoing almost systematic you know, Allowance tolerance level of, of abuse. And if you, if, if you were an adult, this is, this is like hate crime stuff. This is, this is brutal. And it seemed like it went yeah, on. Yeah. You go to jail. Yeah. If Multi- he weren't,
5: if he weren't a kid, he'd be going to jail. Yeah.
6: Multiple, multiple incidents that have been going on for a while. That's not a decision. That's something in a person's character. Now for Mitchell Miller, he wants to you know, turn his life around and make amends for all though? that yeah. stuff. I I hope he does, and I wish him all the best in doing so. I would really I tend more to think about Myers Crother. That's his uh the Isaiah the, the, yep. the Isaiah's last yeah, name. Go, the right. boy who was bullied. I have a tendency to you know think more about him and hope that he's doing well. But in terms of this kid, Miller. It, He's 20 years old, so it's six, like, six, seven years ago, and it went on, it sounds like, for a good portion of those years, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Why do you need to do this if you're the Bruins or any right, other team? It's, it's and every and by the way, every other team decided, apparently, we don't need to do this. We don't need this.
5: Hey, you're the lone one. You're the lone one. But like, for him, okay, so he's talented in hockey. What's he to do? Like... If you're saying, okay, this happened a long time ago, and I'm not that person anymore. It's like somebody's got to give him the break if this is what he really wants to do is play hockey. I just don't, you know, from a team standpoint, from what you stand for as an organization standpoint, that's a tough one. It's a tough one to bring it in your building. The mother of the victim gave a letter to the athletic that she wanted to send and didn't held back on sending to the Coyotes once he was drafted. And it said, hello, I'm the mother of the boy that Mitchell Miller bullied. I read the statements made by Bill Armstrong, the GM, etc., and I find them demeaning to our son. Are you aware Mitchell never apologized to our son? Are you aware two years ago he still taunted him? Are you Are you aware that this went on for years? Do you understand the mental damage Mitchell did to our son? They say that uh, Mitchell Miller had been calling this this child Isaiah, the N-word, since they were in the second grade. Jesus. The juvenile
6: court magistrate found he had absolutely no remorse for his actions. It was merely upset that his reputation would be destroyed by the situation.
5: Yeah, kid doesn't care. Yeah, but the Bruins do. They cared enough to bring him in. He's that Re- good. Congratulations, that, that good. Yeah, he, when, he was drafted 111th overall. He's not exactly a star player. He's not a can't miss prospect. It must be really, really good. I mean, yeah. To deal with this, what yeah. a desperate move. A yeah, good time for it too. You-, you want what? One loss? One loss right now in a year? You're stupid. rolling. Well, what oh a stupid move. Uh, the Bruins deserve everything they get for this. Idiotic. Jesus, Patriots got killed for bringing Ross White Idiotic. Right? <laughs> Ridiculous move. Nonsense. Congrats. Roarwasser whatever his name was. Yeah. Ross Rottweiler. Yeah, same thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I don't know if it was the same thing. That didn't thing. last, but it, that didn't last long. Like, well, Rohrwasser, that was well, well, I that was yeah, uh, the, 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 the part of that, that the
6: three percenter yeah. tattoo because his his explanation was, which I have a tendency to believe, is like something that his uncle and his father had, and he didn't really know. And even if you did know, at,
5: at, at the no, very same least thing it, in terms of a team renouncing, right. oh, pretty yeah. much renouncing a pick and oh, saying, okay. "Ah, you know oh, what? Okay, on second thought, yeah, we right. don't want to have this guy." You mentioned Christian Peter. You know, that's the one guys, I came up with. Like right. back Christian in the day. Peter, they, they actually selected roster. the guy. Guys that got picked in their teams immediately like, were "Oh like, man, ah, we missed it on this on. kid. We missed on this kid. We're not moving forward with him. Done." I mean, this Miller
6: still has the opportunities
5: to do things. He Got dropped by his
6: college hockey team, but he was still allowed to attend classes. You know, and I'm not saying you know the kid doesn't deserve a life of any kind. That's Just, my, yeah. Why, I mean, what, but. There are there are certain consequences for your actions, even as a fourteen year old. And if the family's allegations are true, that it was an ongoing thing that lasted for years since second grade, and and <laughs> happened up until uh, and, and continued to happen even after the like, what, what what are you doing? Who are you gonna? you, you gotta pick a side sometimes you're not gonna get it right all the time but so so hold on. how are you gonna sleep better Which so one is going to allow you to sleep better so
5: second grade you're what a six seven year old right six seven year old so the mother sends the note to to, to Colorado that oh this just he, he he even bullied my son up to two years ago so when did he get drafted when he was 18 19 uh, so this went on for 10 years at school I, 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 I'm doing the math I, I, by no, age. I don't, I don't yeah. know about
6: the timelines, though. So I, you know what I mean, I, I but no like second
5: but grader, you're, you're what, six, six years old at best. Six, it doesn't seven. doesn't sound like an isolated incident. Let's no, just it sounds it like that. a long uh, pattern of abuse for many years. Yeah. And he'll now be part of your uh, AHL Providence Bruins. He's going to report there when? Today? Soon? So there you go. That's where he's going. That's the Bruins today. After another good win last night. Uh, 617-779-0985, the phone number. We'll get to uh, your calls coming up. we got, obviously, a lot happening on all fronts right now. Everything from the week. We'll do it next. Hey, it's road for Roadnizer. The countdown of winter is on and Roadnizer is ready. Are you? Don't wait for winter to start thinking about your
9: heating system, especially if it's older. There are large rebate incentives available for heat pumps and heating systems, but supplies and rebates could be limited in peak season. Roadnizer is working directly with manufacturers and is now offering free new system consultations to discuss rebates and equipment for this winter. So don't wait. Call or book your free consultation at Roadnizer.com now before winter gets here. Call or book your free new system consultation at Rodenheiser.com.
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anazi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at high.org. Here, Here are so and like
5: an Bertrand. Where else does that happen? 98.5, the Sports Hub. Six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. Let's go to your phones. Ryan's in Malden. Go ahead, Ryan.
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Uh hey, I got a quick uh I got a question for you guys, but can I give uh two movies for a filter review this week?
5: No. Hey.
3: Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, right, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Hurry, <shit>. up. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. Hurry uh, up. All right. Uh, all right. Since he's from London, lock stock and two barrels. And the other one might be a little too long. Shawshank Redemption. Andy oh, my Spring. God. Yes. That will be great for him. Okay. Um, my question for you guys. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, what does Mac Jones have to do to win over the past Nation? Because 70 to 80% still have zappy, uh, zappy, zappy fever, including me. No matter what the kid does, he can't win. If someone trips him, it's like, no, he fell. And, uh, you know, it's not good for QB.
5: Win games. That's what it takes. Win games be the reason yeah. why your team is winning. And he hasn't done that frequently enough. And that's not necessarily all his fault either because I understand the circumstances this year have been really weird. So that's not to hate on Mac, but that's what it will take. If that's what you want to know, how to get rid of the zappy fever, Mac goes out and plays a game this week that puts his team in a big position to win and he continues to do it. Two and seven in his last nine. Is that still the case or two and seven that before last week? Uh, it was three. two and seven before, so he's three and three and seven, three and seven ten. in his last ten. Yeah, with the pick in every one. Man, yeah, that's the problem. Don't turn it over. Win games. And at first pick, it's exactly not his fault. Yeah, that deflection that goes up in the air—that's not his fault. That's that's free ball. I don't put that one on Mac. I put the pick six on him. I do. I went back and watched it again, Beetle. Yeah. Everybody said still not. I I disagree. I think it's completely his fault. You're sticking to your guns on that to one. Yeah. Uh, Paulie's in the truck. On a... <laughs> hey, what's Go going ahead. on, boys?
3: Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, first on that bully, bullying thing, man, I, I cannot stand and will not tolerate uh, uh-huh. thieves or bullies. Uh, but bullies are worse than thieves because I'm like, thieves will steal your money, but bullies will steal your soul.
14: I cannot stand bullies. But anyway, um, I'm here calling
3: today to fa- face the music. Bam Ellinger's in town. My boy Bam's in town. Uh, Wouldn't it be something to get his first win? First of all, you
6: need to learn how to pronounce his
3: name. Oh, we had a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Dan wouldn't it wouldn't be something to get his first win against the Patriots after all the nonsense I've been listening to about him? He's, he may be well may well be the speaker in that, the sleeper, rather, in that <laughs> draft. You better watch out for a lot of RPO stuff. They're going to be doing the same thing that Justin Fields is doing, that Josh Allen does, and the, that Jackson was doing. you well got to watch out for a lot of that misdirection stuff. They're going to be running them. They're going to use everything. You know, he's to mm. beat the Patriots. He's a mobile quarterback. That's what's going to happen this week.
5: All right, Paulie. Nice. He's been high on that guy for a while. He's a big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Okay. Frank is Swampskit. Frank.
9: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I just wanted to call. I was riding around in the car and wondered whether they were talking about the bullying incident.
3: And I'm glad that you are. I want you to know uh, I've covered that team for 40 years. I've been, I became a season ticket holder when I stopped working in the business. Ever put on a Bruins sweater, I will be turning in my tickets. It's that simple. This is not a this is
9: not a case of a second chance. This is a repeated conduct, and it's just disgusting that they signed this kid.
5: Frank, I appreciate the call, and I think you're right. It wasn't a one-time incident. It was repeated behavior. It was a pattern of behavior, and there has been little or no contrition in this case. Frank the was it? The the family is very clear, and in fact, uh, the mother of the um, victim is speaking again today through her Twitter account with some DMs with someone... Uh, saying that at one point you recently tried to reach out on Instagram, that's nice. Yeah, gram it. But they are not satisfied. So personal. they are not satisfied with the uh, apology. Oh, no, Hardy. They I don't, don't know, believe like- there has been a genuine apology. They right. don't believe that has been received. They have not spoken. There was the court ordered letter, but they say they didn't get it. There's a copy of that floating around, mm. but they are not. Pleased with how it went down, following what actually yeah. happened, and so if they're not satisfied with the response, why are the Boston Bruins? Why do they feel like the player is deserving of that second chance, if you even want to call it that? As Frank, there, this I and this that. can't be just like one guy, Don Sweeney. It's like you talk to your guys, you talk to your scouts, you talk to the room, like, hey, this guy this kid has this thing. You sure you want to do this? Like you know what I mean? This isn't like lone wolf like you're out there and I'm making the selections myself. Like there's a there's a gathering on this, right? There's a room. People reflect their views. You talk about players, you have scouts. You have people in your feeder system. You have people out there on the ground working. It like, isn't just like Donnie Swinney just missed missed this one. Okay, I got enough stuff on this one. We're good. And not only that, uh, Sweeney. Today, just reading some of his quotes, he doesn't sound convinced about this move. He's fully admitting, "Well, yeah. yeah, it could be a mistake, and it might be a bad move to do this." And I'm, I'm aware that we're going to face a lot of negative backlash. As a Did result. they F up and think this was going, this went away, I and mean, you know we're going to get this kid, and nobody's going to talk about it. Like they couldn't have thought that, based on the amount of stuff that's out there that we've just found in the last twelve minutes. There's a thing called the internet. Yeah. I'm
6: sorry, Beatle. I was I was looking at stuff here. Did you um, pick this up from Scott
5: McLaughlin? I... Yeah. About Sweeney it spoke to Bruins leadership, the the veteran players. Yes. They were made aware, and then he acknowledges that some of them asked him, "Why are you doing this?" Right. Oh boy! <laughs> hey man, we're rolling for right what? now. Yeah, we're all feeling We're all feeling the vibe. What are you, do- what are you doing? What the hell are you doing that for? Why are you messing the vibe? So he's—he does not sound convinced. He's not doing this with any level of conviction, and he's admitting that it could be a bad move, and admits that his own veteran players worth the wrist, are though, questioning it. Worth what the are wrist. they doing? I don't. I don't know. Matt Kalman had the best tweet, though. Matt Kalman's got a tweet I out there. I thought Ty Anderson had the about best one. last night. No, he had a good one. Okay. I'm saying that just to summarize the situation, last night Bruins get another win. They've only got one loss on the year. All the moves are working out. Put Sweeney up for GM of the year. Today, he lights the match and he lights the whole thing <laughs> on fire. Yeah, kind of. Don't get it. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Bob's and Bill Ricca. Bob.
14: Hey, guys, how you doing? I want to I wanna thank you guys for speaking out against this. Uh, I happen to be the father of a black, intellectual, intellectually disabled son. And I'm seriously, I'm not kidding you, I'm driving around, I'm almost cr- in tears, hearing about what this kid had to endure at the hands of this piece of garbage. So I, I have to tell you guys, I've watched every single game this year. I even watched on ESPN Plus last night. Jesus. But you send your kid to school every day, he's intellectually disabled, he's black. You have to worry about all of this stuff. And then to think about what this kid did to this child and for Don Sweeney and the Bruin organization to sign him, it's unfathomable. I I will not be a fan of this team. The fact that they even signed this kid makes me want to walk away. If he's not cut today, then I'm never going to watch a game ever again in my entire life.
5: I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it in sports, the, the enormous reaction to this type of signing sort of puts you, puts you out there and you need to make a decision. Today's so. takeaways, fake promos, are coming up next.
16: When you hear about opioid overdoses, you probably don't realize half of the nation's overdoses happen in the exact same spot. It's happening right at home. Georgians are accidentally dying in their own homes because people don't understand the dangers of taking an Oxy or perk for sleep, stress, or with a glass of alcohol. Learn how to protect your family from opioid overdose at opioidresponse.info. This message is brought to you by Georgia DBHDD.
6: Hey, Georgia, if you love playing Fantasy V, you're going to love it even more because we're giving away stacks and stacks and stacks of cash. Now through November 27th, five winners each week will win just by playing Fantasy V. And the cash stack grows to $10,000. Play online or enter your non-winning Fantasy V ticket at fantasy5giveaway.com for your chance to be a weekly winner. It all ends November 27th, so play Fantasy V during the Stacks of Cash giveaway. Only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly.
5: They bring you insight like no one else can. Used to have uh, the trainer slap him before every game. Zolak and Bertrand. Slap me! Come on, slap me harder. 98.5 The sports up. They give. Give it, give it to me! Give it to me now! Damn it! Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know how you could. And they give. <laughs> We need to break news every day. And they give. I love breaking news. Can't get this kind of analysis just anywhere. And now, it's time to take. That's not a hot take. End of the day. Hot takes for the day. (laughs) Today's takeaways with Zolak and Bertrand on 98.5, The Sports Hub. All right, it's time for today's takeaways, which are actually fake promos brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, inviting you to check out their social media accounts to receive tips, recipes, to meet the coaches also at Awaken 180.
13: Middays at 10,
5: Zolak and Bertrand. Dave's in the car. Hey, Dave. Dave. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Okay. (laughs) Zolak and Bertrand, (laughs) 98.5, the sports hub. Oh, we're moving quick here. Keep going. Midday's at 10, Zolak and Bertrand. I'm having a hard time swallowing right now. You get it in, you. Zolak and Bertrand, 98.5, the sports hub. Oh, one from today with Milliken. We can go around. Midday's at 10, Zolak and Bertrand. You were supposed to get to the playoffs and win a game. Chris Fowler keeps shoving poles down our throat.
13: Zolak and Bertrand, 98.5, the sports hub.
5: Show poll, show, pole. show poles. Yeah. 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 Surveys. Surveys. Survey says. Right. Middays at 10, Zolak and Bertrand. It's up to that guy to go find that hole.
3: Right. You know, when you he's find that find hole, the, you stick it in it there. And sit,
5: get, in the, right. get in the hole and sit down. Yeah. yeah. Zolak and Bertrand, 98.5, the sports hub. Zone coverage. Zone coverage. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Oh. That's it? Wow. All right. All right, then. Good. Uh, have a great weekend. What are you going to do with the pleasant weather? Uh, I don't know, so. we right. figure that out. All right. Yeah. Nice. A little playoff, playoff weekend at high school football. They nice start this weekend. Nice. You're going to yeah. be uh, partaking in that as a I'm fan. actually going to the Cumball tonight. Uh, out in um, Connecticut. So Rensselaer down in uh, yeah, East the boy, Hartford. The boys going to the high school game tonight. Yeah, so East KP Hartford. tonight, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll enjoy that, okay? we do a hard little golf. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Nice. All right, guys. All right, then. See you Sunday. Should be a hell of a day. the game will begin at uh, 10 a.m. Sunday. Zoe on the call with Bob. Maz are coming your way next right here on 98.5 Sports Hub. Have a great weekend. See you, guys. Bye.
16: When you hear about opioid overdoses, you probably don't realize half of the nation's overdoses happen in the exact same spot. It's happening right at home. Georgians are accidentally dying in their own homes because people don't understand the dangers of taking an oxy or perk for sleep, stress, or with a glass of alcohol. Learn how to protect your family from opioid overdose at opioidresponse.info. This message is brought to you by Georgia
9: DBHDD. Oh, 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 Riley!
14: Audio
12: jumps. Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anazi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at high.org. This week's
17: episode of Black at Work is sponsored by...
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at high.org.
17: know what to do, send them to us here at Black at Work Pod. Hit us up on all social media platforms at Black at Work Pod. Hit us up on our website, www.blackatworkpod.com or you can um, write us uh, through email and be professional um, blackatworkpod at gmail.com Our first, well not first but our fuck you of the week comes from Cassie, hey, Cassie girl, So I called my white coworker, Sis, <laughs> and I immediately regretted <laughs> she now thinks she's invited to the cookout, Lord. <laughs> she walked past my desk while I was listening to y'all, Hey, girl, and I turned my phone around real quick so she wouldn't see. She asked me what I was listening to. I told her Joe Rogan, LMAO. (laughs) Good one. Julie, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. I ain't being friends with nobody that don't know how to season, dance, or how long Sophia had to fight. (laughs) Julie, you cool. But nah, you would have been okay if you didn't use my slip up as a pass to co-switch and act urban, quote unquote. So now you're on my list with Taylor Swift, Donald Trump,
15: and Kelly Clarkson. Uh Uh-uh, what Kelly do? Uh Uh-uh, what Kelly do? Co-worker, what Kelly do? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Go ahead.
17: Please don't come over here no more. I was just joking, and I don't like how much you always talk in them team meetings. (laughs) This ain't a fuck you. This a get the fuck on. Hopefully, I'll make the show.
15: (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, coworker. Nope. You got to write back in. and I I need screenshots. I need links. I need data, receipts. What did Kelly Clarkson do?
4: Hashtag, what did
15: Kelly do? (laughs) 'Cause Kelly is one of us, honey. <laughs> well, no, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say all of that. But I feel like every black person has their their white favorite. That's like yeah, Kelly Clarkson is one of them. Yes, Kelly Clarkson is one of them. Like Absolutely. My mama, she got, you know, Joyce Joyce Meyer in them. And Ellen, <laughs> well, Ellen problematic now. And my grandma, she liked uh, Walker, Walker Texas Ranger. Still Rangers. stuck on Joyce Meyer. <laughs> Not to <laughs> but yet, baby. Kelly. Okay, I'm gonna get off of it. I'm gonna get off of it. But um, okay, back to Julie. Back to Julie. But no, write us back and tell us what Kelly Clarkson did. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us the ball. In D- slide in our DMs and tell, okay. tell us. Cause that, that don't make uh, sense. No. The, um, um how that was funny that she came over while you was listening to the show and you flipped it up girl. And said she was listening to Joe Rogan. Okay. Girl, you think she saw that post it? No. Girl, you know you gotta dim dim your settings when you listen in the black at work at work.
17: No, but for real, cause don't be getting us. Cause I just feel like Julie ready to report somebody to HR.
15: That was hilarious. I'm stuck on Kelly Clarkson. What did Kelly do? Tell Dana, y'all. Please, please let me know. I can't sleep tonight until you tell me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tonight. I'm just playing,
17: y'all. And y'all know better than to call your white co-worker sis. Girl, how, how did that happen? happen? How did that happen, girl? Sis. How does she become sis? Yeah, nah, you know better than that. Like we you don't know, know when
15: you when you talking fast or whatever, you might be like uh, sis or I don't know. But
17: nah, I ain't never
15: calling Millie from last week. Oh, sis. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. I don't know. I'm just like, I maybe you know if you get too comfortable. But to me, that's I just I don't think I would ever be comfortable enough saying nigga around white people unless I'm talking to other blacks like right. I don't care if they're listening to me talk to somebody else that's black right but exactly. I'm not gonna be calling them niggas like I do behind their backs
17: yeah I don't see in no circumstance where I'm gonna call my white co-workers sis but hey girl it's okay girl don't, re- okay. don't regret it just play us space up yeah and I love this is a get the fuck on so if you have a get the fuck on let us know that too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, y'all are crazy, but um, yeah, if you have a get the fuck on or fuck you, hit us up.
15: <laughs> all right. Well, this week's shout out is for our coworker Kiki on Instagram. If you guys listened um, to that long ass show, like, first of all, we did not intend for that show to be that fucking long. <laughs> like, At, y'all. Um, we looked up and it was like two hours. Girl, so anyway, um, but if you made it to the end, uh, Nessa and I created a code word, and whoever DM'd us with that code word got lunch on us. So, congrats, Kiki!
17: Congratulations,
15: thank you so much for playing, and um, yeah, more of stuff like that coming soon, guys, and now. Let's get over to the water cooler. All right, y'all. Breaking news. Unfortunately, a Russian court rejected Brittany Griner's appeal against her nine-year sentence. Um, but they did allow time served for um her pretrial detention. However, as most of you know, she's on her way to a a labor um detention center where she has to do Shut
4: up.
15: harsh labor every day, you know, kind of like on life in uh, in deplorable conditions, yeah, so like President Joe came out and said that um they had been trying with uh Russia to negotiate for Britney's release. As you guys know, the United States has a Russian arms dealer. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because nobody cares, whatever his name is. (laughs) Um, We got him, and we trying to send him back home to his... Mm -hmm. For Britney and some other American nigga, and I just feel like if y'all just drop the other American nigga, then maybe they'll just let her come on through. What you thinking, sir Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out why is it taking so long. Like, what?
17: It's gotta be something going on behind the scene that we have no information about because it just doesn't make sense to me. If we have somebody like trade them off and move on, and she didn't even do it, she, they acting like she done killed somebody. Now she got to go and work at a, a refugee camp.
15: Like, it's fucked up. And you're right. It just dawned on me. Like, they acting like this is such a serious crime. They're trying yeah, to hold. Like, like, what else does the United States have that they want? That they're holding on to and they're not willing to exchange for Britney?
17: Yeah, because it, it just it just doesn't add up. The math ain't mathing on that. For me, yeah.
15: so I mean, as always, hashtag Free Britney. But um, it doesn't look like right as of right now, guys, that the the negotiations are going good. So let's just see that sucks. Still continue. Keep her in your prayers. Yes, what yeah. Anessa just said. <laughs> well, uh, the twenty twenty two elections are upon us, guys. Tuesday. Shimmy, shimmy. Okay. <laughs> shimmy, <laughs> shimmy, shimmy,
17: shimmy. <laughs> give me your way down.
15: Okay, to the polls. <laughs> and uh, it's Tuesday, November the 8th, 2022. So make sure that you guys um know where you're supposed to be going. And show up. You know what? Use that day that they're supposed to give you at work to go vote. And go vote. And then take yourself out to lunch because you deserve it. Because you went yeah. to go vote.
17: Exercise your right, especially us as black people. Come on. Our ancestors died for us to go and vote. So, and voting is important. If you want to make a change, then, you know, let your voice be heard. I know a lot of people be like, it don't work. We don't get what we, just go vote, child. Just, just go vote for Aunt Bertha and then e. <laughs> okay
15: Oprah <laughs> go vote just
17: go vote baby
15: I show sure saw her on the go vote commercial I'm
17: like okay Oprah right get us together mm-hmm. exercise your
15: right go vote speaking of voting I don't know if it's her turn off the office or not but um <laughs> <laughs> you and me. with me uh, I'm to me <laughs> Okay, my bad. Hold on. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Paul Pelosi, who is the husband of mm. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, was attacked with a hammer <gasps> at their San Francisco home. I know that's wild. What happened to Mister P- Mister Paul? This nigga named David DePoppi the pap it gotta be the pap because he's super white so unless it's the pape, and mm, his, okay. his his people might be italian, italian I, mm-hmm. I don't know but he white and he looked like one of them niggas that would actually do this but he broke into their home and uh beat paul pelosi who is 82 by the way oh my gosh in the head with a hammer while repeatedly le- yelling Where's
17: Nancy? Where is, Shut- Nancy. <gasps> is? Is he still
15: alive? Girl, yeah, he white. I told you he's still. No, white. I'm saying Paul, Mr. Paul, uh, Papa Paul. Oh, girl, yeah, he alive. Girl, if you if he, oh. this nigga would have died, you would have heard it. It would have been in the shade room. Well, uh, this was in the shade room, but I okay. didn't come from the shade room. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> the Paul, Papa Paul. Yeah, Papa Lord, Paul. Papa Paul. But he was 82 years old. David DePape um, broke into their house, hit him upside the head with a hammer, and was actually just planning on staying at their house, keeping this nigga hostage um, until oh. Nancy Pelosi came home. He, <laughs> he was one of them... Um, right wing extremists as they Mm -hmm. like to call them the ones that like follow the QAnon thing and you know um there's so much to be said about that whole realm of things but what you got in this
17: yeah that's just so sad it just seems it seems like now more than ever a lot of the politicians are just not safe like they're not safe at their homes like they got people running in and where's nancy where <laughs> i would have said i don't i guess she at work she had the white house god damn you should have went. To... <laughs> like, i mean it's not funny i'm just saying like it seems like a lot of the po- politicians are just like not safe like it's just sad like that that happened that is just Y'all got to sit down. It's, it's never this serious. And that's just the bottom line. Like, whatever it is. And what Nancy going
15: to do, sir? What can Nancy do? I wonder what, what was the end game. If you was planning on killing her, why didn't you just, uh, like, you know, pursue that instead of causing this ruckus? Because You, just you didn't lie. do nothing but, you know, hit him upside the head. And he went to um surgery for a skull fracture. Oh, um God. and he had some other serious injuries to his right arm and his hands, but um he's alive. You know he made it, and um you know hopefully he heals soon from this. But this all sounds like um what's A that sh- up. <laughs> girl it's election season and niggas is clowning this True. is scandal scandal this yeah this is that show that um shit i used to love that show too that was on netflix whatever it was by the with the dude that ended up leaving the show because he had sexual tra- uh, trauma charges oh um
17: i know exactly what you're talking about house House, house of cards, of, house, house of cards,
15: house of cards. Now, yeah. this right here, this sounds That's like house of, of, of cards. You're right,
17: you're right, you're
14: so,
15: right. So, Nancy, stop bothering us with your um nonsense. No, I'm just playing, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm like, we like this <laughs> now. Pray- prayers for Paul, prayers for Paul, prayers for
17: Paul, Papa Paul, child, Papa, Papa Paul. Mm-mm.
15: Well, Elon Musk has come out And actually he's made quite a few announcements about Twitter I'm actually surprised that Well, I'm not surprised Because I, I don't follow this guy So I don't know how much he talks But apparently he does talk a lot Um, And he's been talking <laughs> a lot about this whole Twitter ordeal Um, For those of you who follow this You know that Elon Musk billionaire responsible for the Tesla and also being on Twitter with dumbass ideas and concepts is purchasing Twitter. Well, he has purchased Twitter. And um he's talking a lot about his plans for the future and he says now that he is forming a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints. Um, so if anybody reports what you're saying is hate speech, it won't just follow one person to deem it that it'll go against, go to a oh, board cool. of people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it goes like, you know, maybe this black person might say, Oh, I'm not offended by that use of the word, nigger," but like another one might say, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm assuming this is about. This is what it sounds like to me. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Then after that, he said comedy is now legal on Twitter. With made a lot of, which made a lot of people feel like he was trying to say anybody can say anything that they want. Which a lot of people came out and asked, including Mill. He was like, "Oh, so niggas can say what they want." Tony Braxton announced that she wasn't fucking with Twitter at all no more mm-hmm. because y'all not finna do her. I
14: um,
15: and I think my time on Twitter has come to an end too. Like I've been on there. Ooh, for a decade, and um, yeah, I'm good on Twitter. I think. So, do you think
17: Twitter is gonna become like a uh, extinct, like MySpace? <laughs> you know, or I... do you think it's gonna be like uh, the January Six folks can all they can all go on there and commune
15: with each other? No, I don't think anything's going to change about Twitter. I think Twitter's still going to be funny, Um, especially this is, y'all, all the statuses that go viral on Facebook and shit, and, and that y'all see memes of on Instagram, they come from black Twitter.
17: Yeah. Period.
15: Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll be seeing this shit at, in real time on Twitter and then go on Facebook a month later and somebody even copied the status and put it as their own like they that funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like that's how to me popping twitter is and actually twitter out of all the social media platforms is my favorite platform but like i said i just think my time is kind of up. like it's it served its purpose for me but you know i i mean we're we're still going to use it for the show
17: yeah i was gonna say a lot of people have your same sentiments though like I saw Tony come out and say she don't want to. Like a lot of people, probably gonna take that same approach. Like they don't want to get on it. I I have a Twitter, but clearly I don't use it. I don't know how to use Twitter. I feel like I don't know how to use it, so that's why I don't get on it. <laughs> but um, I did see Elon Musk put a cowboy hat on that Twitter bird. I'm what like, what the fuck what that y'all mean? got going on? That's what, and that's why I said, is this about to be a January sixth? Uh, y'all, all y'all people this is going to be y'all, that's what I'm saying we create, black Twitter is hilarious so clearly we just need to create our
15: own uh, we really should create our yes. own Twitter-like platform and leave yes. Elon Musk in his plastic hard face ass with the cowboy <laughs> hat <laughs> over oh, oh, opener yeah, seriously. With his peeps. Like, no, yep. for real. Absolutely. Black developers, Come you it. Like, somebody be talking about that, thinking about that, that ain't my charge. Like, I don't care that deep. But somebody somewhere, you somebody know. Needs to. Please, yeah. I will join. I will join, especially yeah. if everybody else that makes Twitter dope to me, which is all the mm-hmm. black people. All the black people. Follow suit. Donald Trump got his folks to join. Um they own Twitter and they've been over there thriving. We could do the same thing. <laughs> Get with it, niggas. <laughs> Get <laughs> with it. That's how they still talk to him cuz he's been banned from all the other social platforms so they had to create his own, their own. But anyway, our final story and shout out to our co-worker kiki she also won the contest but she sent us this story before she won the contest so shout out to you Kiki, and also co-workers if y'all have any stories that y'all want us to talk about please send them over to us you can email them or dm us or whatever or tag us in it and um We'll take a look. See this one right here. I actually did come across this story, but I really try to keep the water cooler light um, because this is some fucked up shit. But apparently a white supremacist named Timothy Haslett Jr. has been kidnapping Raping and assaulting black women in the Kansas City, Missouri area for some time And he recently was discovered for his crimes when a woman escaped
17: Oh, wow
15: The woman said that Haslett kept her bound in a basement room Where he whipped and raped her repeatedly Now, before all of this happened, y'all who was already accused of doing this shit? And so, why he ain't
17: under the jail?
15: Who white people get away with any and everything? He was accused of doing it, and the police did nothing. They did nothing. They didn't even look into the accusations.
17: I gotta, I can't even talk about this. It's making
15: me. It's making my blood pressure go away. exactly. That's like why I can't. Like I can't. That's why I left this shit out. I can't. Um, but Ugh. this is important for us to know that these things are going on around Happening. us, guys. Yes. Because first of all, we should be watching our bags. Get you some maize. Get you a, a a gun if you need to. Like I, I personally, I'm one of those blacks that believe in guns for protection. Like, not that you need an mm-hmm. assault rifle. But I, you know, I, sometimes it's necessary. You would think like, you have to ask yourself if, if in real life, if this, 20, 20, if this 22 year old woman had been armed and knew how to use a firearm, what? would she have been kidnapped mm-hmm. and raped? Mm-hmm.
14: Mm-hmm.
15: You know, it would have, he would have really had to been trying <laughs> or he just would have picked another bitch. Go ahead, Anissa. And you know what? That just makes me think, like, the
17: police know about this. How In how many other cities is this going on? And all of these black women going missing and all of this, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. this makes me think, like, is this a thing? Like, this is a thing going on that the police know about, that laws know about, and they're just letting it slide like this is crazy and like you said to your point you need a Glock on you okay <laughs> you need a nine baby <laughs> I'm not even playing I, I do believe in protecting yourself like at your house mm-hmm. that thing under your mattress do what you
15: gotta do it's that's a problem I'm just so I can't even imagine what this girl went through because this nigga is a real white supremacist they found mm. social media posts on his Facebook, got all anti black hate rhetoric on his face. I'm like, first of so all, well, how are you even able to post shit like that and get away they with it? They let that? them post anything. So, fuck Facebook. Um, but then and then he up here talking about he's in coming for a race war. I mean, he's getting ready for a race war a race war. That's what they found on his social media. I'm just, what I'm ignorant, I mean, what I'm angry about is that he was accused of doing this and mm-hmm. y'all didn't do nothing.
12: Mm-hmm.
15: And it wasn't until like literally some woman came to you chained up with a collar around her neck that y'all actually went to go look at this. thing. Ne- like, if, if a white person calls and say, hey, Tane Ron's jogging down my street, y'all gonna send the ATF, the DEA, the task force, and the jump out boys on him. For jogging. But like, just like with the Jeffrey Dahmer shit and just like with this. Y'all don't take nothing that we say serious and that's really fucked up. And it's it's sad that we even have to live in this type of world. There was also a school shooting in my hometown this week. And... I just want to say I am so fucking sorry to those parents that had to live with that shit that day. That shit hit too close to home for me. Mm -hmm. On my timeline, I'm seeing people that I know mourning, and that fucking sucks. So shout out to Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. I just, my heart is bleeding with and for you. And the, and the little girl and the teacher that lost their life, all of this just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I just, I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry.
17: Uh, we were, it's crazy because we were just talking about guns at schools last week on our show. And, um, or the week before last, or whatever it was that we were talking about it. But regardless of the fact, um they need to do something something needs to be done it's too it's happening too much here in the united states where people feel like they can go in a school and shoot children and to be a parent and to just just to think that your child is not safe when you leave them or for you to outlive your child as a parent that the thought of that is just I don't even know. It's like just so disheartening. So I can't imagine. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And I'm so sorry.
15: It's just
17: condolences to everybody.
15: Well, um hopefully we didn't depress y'all. <laughs> we try oh, to keep it light, but you know, some things we just got to talk about at the water cooler, but let's take a water break and, uh, or you can get you some water. Girl, I need some coffee. Oh, okay. Well, go no. get y'all, let's, let's stop and go get our coffee. Yeah. Y'all go get y'all some coffee. Bye. And put some Kahlua <laughs> in
14: it.
12: <laughs> Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at High.org.
9: Hi, I'm Frank.
6: I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join
2: BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get over 50% off a membership, plus coupons. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in McDonough. Visit BJ's.com slash McDonough or the BJ's Membership Center on Highway 81 West. Limited time offer, new members only. It's
15: still my time, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. Okay. You want me to read your story? Girl, yes. <laughs> and do. And do. Girl, I can't, I can't wait till it's your week, nigga and this has been <laughs> chilling this whole month girl it's about to be my back to
17: my time when y'all
15: start sending these fuck you yes c- c- send in a whole bunch of them so she can her mouth can be dry <laughs> <you. laughs> oh I'm sick of you Not my mouth can be dry ooh wee.
17: <laughs> baby and let her mouth be dry <laughs>
15: <laughs> oh man, no, but for real, send in your fuck yous for next. Yes, week. please. You know our work, true crime, is coming to an end, but not really an end. Um, we're definitely going to keep this going. As of right now, we are going to do fuck you letters and true crime. Fuck you letters and true crime. Fuck you letters and true crime. Now. We are definitely going to have like guests on the show, interviews and stuff, but it will literally have to be Diddy, y'all no Okay. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, but we are planning on having like a um an hr professional on to answer some of you guys's work questions salary negotiation questions and stuff like that like we're going to make sure that our guests can be useful and helpful to you guys and also still if they have a dynamic story to share we're going to provide that too but it's not going to be the center focus of our show as it has been in the past so thank y'all though for enjoying the true crime this month. And we'll be back with another true crime episode the second week in November. I'm going to miss the Halloween theme I'll too. I am too. I am too. So today's story and the final story of our True Work crime series for spooky season takes place in one of my favorite areas to be in, Memphis Tennessee, or as oh, niggas Lord. like to call come- it, girl. No, you did, <laughs> girl.
17: Y'all know my baby daddy from Memphis.
15: Well, don't hate on the city, they ain't got nothing to do with them. <laughs> Damn, Check that out. So from Memphis, it's like, what the fuck, we do. <laughs> How I get in
14: it.
17: <laughs> all y'all in it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
14: Shout out, to
15: baby daddy. Yeah, shout out, girl. And that's over here talking like she got the worst baby daddy. No, she does not. Okay. No, nah, he a really good baby daddy though. <laughs> but shout out to Memphis. I love Memphis. I love the food. I love the niggas. Um, and shout out to our Memphis coworkers. But this. Motherfucker right here Brought shame To the city And I'm talking About Memphis Police's finest Officer Sam Blue
17: Girl not Sam Blue I know
15: him Do you mean Nah, I'm just getting I'm about to say is, is that your uh is that your That's son, my, Uncle Right, right, for real. <laughs> your son, cousin's cousin. Mr. Blue, Uncle okay. Blue. Okay, Uncle Blue. But Sam Blue is a 63-year-old black man. Who started working for the Memphis Police Department in June of 1995? He had served almost 25 years on the force. Um, by the time all of this shenanigans happened, now I'm gonna just let y'all know: Memphis ain't paying nobody that worked for their city, okay? they have a list of everybody that works for the city of memphis's salaries listed online and when i tell you ain't nobody making shit bitch nothing
17: i believe it
15: like it's it, it really is sad but um they got their names listed too so if they sound a little black i might email a few of them and be like you know <laughs> You know you deserve more, right? <laughs> I'm, sick. I'm gonna be like, you know you deserve more, right? I can get you another job, Ooh, girl, Dude, girl. But for real, when me and my little lame ass job is making more than y'all city attorney, that's a problem. Oh wow, not the that's attorney a problem. And I'm not ta- I'm I'm not making just a little more. I'm making like I went to, uh, to attorney school <laughs> like you went to Yale okay <laughs> <laughs> bitch and I barely graduated from college barely oh. by the skin of my teeth so for somebody that has a whole law degree to not even make my tired ass salary girl mm-mm. but anyway niggas is broke and uh, if you ain't got crafting skills for Etsy, a side hustle, if you don't know how to do hair or nails or whatever, you're going to have to come up with something else to do. And that's what Sam Lou did, okay? He decided that he wanted to use his job to make some extra coin. So in 2014, at this point, he had been on the force for 19 years. Making thirty five thousand dollars a year. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> what girl? I was about to say. <laughs> Not that been on the force for
17: fourteen years and you only making thirty five thousand dollars.
15: Girl, girl he was right. he was making he was on the force for nineteen years. But honestly, the or the, nineteen. I got that figure because I grew up with a girl whose dad was a detective. And when we were in elementary school, that's how much that's she how made. That's how much she made. Yeah,
17: I know. And I know.
15: knew that's how much she made because her parents told her all the time how much they made. You know how <laughs> I I only make $35,000. I
17: know you ain't up at that
15: school. I only make, right. make 35000 <laughs> Okay. So she came to school and told us. And that, I mean, back then, you thinking, oh, wow. Anything thousand when you in
17: middle right, exactly. like
15: When exactly. you grow up and realize Whoa. that that ain't nothing but $17 a month. Nah. Girl. But anyway, honestly, I don't know how much he was making. I just made that shit up. But he wasn't making enough. I guess to make ends meet. Or he was just a greedy ass motherfucker, but he decided to accept a business proposal with hmm. a string of local criminals to help them rob drug dealers in the area.
17: God dang.
15: <laughs> <laughs> girl, cops be doing all types of things. They do crooked, crooked.
17: Y'all seen training day. Y'all mm-hmm. seen Denzel? Mm-hmm.
15: Girl, my Yeah. um, Oops. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah. (laughs) My family member. (laughs) My family member. My family member. Who? A family member. Get
17: away from me with
15: this Apollo. (laughs) Who? I can't deal. Tough. A family member of mine got pulled over by the cops, and this nigga didn't even ask for that person's name. They just took their weed. So
17: shut the front
15: yeah, door. It Is happened this
17: out in St. Louis, Missouri.
15: Girl, don't be trying to put my city on blast. <laughs> we just talked about a school shooting. <laughs> and here you go with your negativity,
17: a <laughs> Oh.
15: <laughs> Ooh, bowhead head is scattering. <laughs> but anyway, of, cops is it, cops be doing that shit though. And instead, said friend and I'm talking about who who daddy worked. The, he used to take people weed. <laughs> Smoke Shut it. up, yeah, girl. So yeah, they mean, did that on Friday. Y'all remember that on Friday they came in there and took
17: their weed <laughs> okay. on next Friday. Oh, okay,
15: I'm not that familiar with the, the other Fridays. Like, don't do me an Nessa girl. No. Dana, what? We not finna... Oh, Lord. I can't... Y'all. I have seen them. I have seen... I have Listen seen there. them. I have seen them, guys. Listen. <laughs> I have seen the Friday. I have definitely seen the Friday. How many are they? No, I'm just kidding. I have seen next Friday more than a few times. I can even quote next Friday in, in, in some instances. Well, but, not next Friday. This is Friday after next. Let me be see. Clear. So when you get to Listen, all of Christmas. that, that's where yeah. I'm mm nope. Okay. 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 Except for it. pinky neck. Like I know that part. <laughs> but Yeah, that's you next know. Friday. Okay. Okay. So anyway. We digress. Okay, Sorry. right. Right. Let's 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 come back. Let's come back. <laughs> um but this is just my own speculation. Obviously right. the reports that um were released, they didn't say, "Oh, he took this, he did this because he needed extra money." Like, I'm just going to assume just because either you did this for extra money or you're just a complete dumbass and wanted to ruin your life and career, cuz I just can't see why you would do the things that you did uh if you weren't getting paid for it. It got to be for extra money like Ain't nobody doing
17: that just to be doing it. Ain't nobody doing nothing like that. Yeah. Risking their careers and all that. Yeah, these
15: phenomenon. these criminals so. had to have been kicking him off something. And they definitely was. Like, yeah. there's not a cop anywhere or a human being anywhere. A human being, right. That would I'm do saying. this for free. So, Bro, absolutely, I'm speculating. This is not in the reports, but, you know, take it with what you think. So, the criminals that were doing business with Officer Blue would conduct surveillance of the drug dealers that they planned to target. Officer Blue also provided the robbers with information such as their home addresses of the people that they're target- they targeted. And this information was obtained from law enforcement restricted sources. So he was in the intranet in the office. He was in the system. Looking up niggas taking screenshots and sending them on over to his robber friends, which is super fucked up. Officer Blue also provided his robber friends with equipment, including an official Memphis police badge. Girl, (laughs) stop it, Mr. Blue. Mr.
17: Blue. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Blue.
15: A car dashboard blue light to use. So he just
17: set them up as if they were detectives and policemen, basically. I'ma give you all this
15: paraphernalia so you can do what you gotta do. And a Memphis of a city of Memphis police emblem. police car? No, a police emblem. To put on a car? Yes, ma'am. Girl stop. So that these robbers could falsely claim to Ooh. appear to be law enforcement so pause have you not seen memphis first 48 nigga don't you work there like you you really thought (laughs) i i am lost i'm lost and turned out because i just can't believe that an officer of the law a veteran of the law didn't think that none of this would lead back to him
17: I, I, that exactly. How dumb could you be?
15: Literally. How dumb could you be? You know what? And I wasn't even gonna say nothing. But he he looks slow. <laughs> he look dumb. He Dana, y'all know Dana gonna give us a description of what they look like. <laughs> I ain't like. gonna say nothing else about it. <laughs> but he looks like he he does he just don't look like he made good decisions. So I'm gonna say he that.
17: he don't he don't look like all his uh crayons
15: is in the box
17: is in the box his
15: elevator don't go all (laughs) the way up to the top his
17: elevator don't go all the way up to the
15: top his happy meal is missing a few french fries i'm so (laughs) dumb. i
17: ain't never heard that one
15: (laughs) (laughs) that's what he looked like okay okay Um, well, he was kind of right because he was able to keep this up with the robbers for almost four years. So they had this working arrangement. Wow. Um, he supplied information. They went and robbed drug dealers. They got cash. And I mean, well, he supplied information and they went and used this information to rob drug dealers. Allegedly. And I'm a legend that he... (laughs) Got he got some cash from this because ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. Um, so uh, he was able to keep this up for about four years until 2018 when one of his robber homies named Anthony Davis planned a robbery that went wrong. Mm. Dun dun dun! And see, that's the thing. Like when you working with criminals, like they be dumb as hell. They do. They really do. Get you a criminal that's
17: smart and that that got some sense. Cause see, you got you you get one person that'll fuck everything up, and then y'all whole operation is just messed
15: up. I mean, but clearly he was dumb as hell too because they. If I'm a police officer, I'm going to figure out a way to help you in another way. I'm not going to supply you with my department's equipment. And people be like, "Uh, how did you get that? Obviously, it was from me. Mm So, I'm going to figure out another way. And logging into
17: the system, because you know they got all types of time stamps on that and stuff. Like, that's crazy.
15: He dumb, and the people that he working with is dumb as hell. And Anthony Davis was no different. So. On the morning of July thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, Anthony Davis decided. Um, well, him and a female accomplice. Her name is. You.
17: Always a bitch involved.
15: A silly ass. I do. I'm your. I'm your ride or die. Child, mm-hmm. please. I ain't it riding is. down to die. No word. I real. ain't riding, and I'm <laughs> testifying against your dumb ass. <laughs> Let them ask me shit. I'm going to be like, yeah, he did it. He came to my house at 10.45 p.m. 26 <laughs> seconds. Here are all the text messages. I'm laying your ass out oh, across the jury. Motherfucker, well, don't, don't do me. But anyway, Anthony Davis and his female accomplice, um, mm-hmm. Yolanda Martin, planned to rob somebody that they felt like had drugs and money. Mm-hmm. And his name is Eric Kane. Now, Eric oh, was. Oh,
17: Lord. He sounds like a,
15: a criminal, Mr. Kane. Uh uh. Uh uh. Well, Eric was actually leaving his apartment, headed to work at 4 30 in the morning. And a black car with flashing blue lights pulled up behind his car. Eric said that he believed that he was being stopped by actual law enforcement but inside the car was Anthony Davis and Yolanda Martin. Now these niggas were dressed in (laughs) I was
17: literally in my head I'm thinking (laughs) now I hope they got on police uniform. Do not get out of this car with a white tee on. As a fashion
15: over for us to identify you. <laughs> they were dressed in army fatigue hats <laughs> and had on a vest with the word police on it, along with handguns. And they were driving a 2018 Ford Taurus that had blue lights in a city of Memphis tag on the side. With the lights flashing, they ordered Eric to get out of his car and get on the ground. Pause. First of all, if you pull me over in a 2018 Ford Taurus, I'll stop, but I'm going to lock my car door until you get out the car. But when I see your ass getting out the car, and first of all, not y'all dressed like. As soon as I saw Beyonce and Kelly, get, yeah. <laughs> bitch, I wow, would have drove and Benzie, get out off. Pool. I would have drove, right? Right. Bonnie and Clyde, girl, I would have right. fucking drove off because y'all playing. Y'all playing. Get the fuck off. Like, Taurus, of though. Girl. girl. First of all, while I
17: was getting pulled over, I would have called the law enforcement to be like, do y'all have any. Police cars that are a twenty
15: eighteen Ford, because this don't make sense. I would have locked my car because I know sometimes yeah. detectives are in unmarked cars, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, but even still, unmarked cars when they become marked because they have to like turn on mm-hmm. their flashlights. They you mm-hmm. can tell it's a police vehicle. I would have sat there and waited just to see, like, okay, who is this? After I seen these two clowns pulling up on me, after all of the madness and sadness, girl, I, would have I am off. sick of you. I would I'm have sick of you.
17: I am sick Fuck of you. I'm sick of you. <laughs> I, I would off she said that to all of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i imagine
15: you gotta play that no y'all had to have been listening look looking like destiny's child getting out this (laughs) this (laughs) four
7: tours
17: after all of them it's sending me not the bridge it's the bridge for me i don't know why i picked michelle part it's
15: everything it's everything oh Oh, man but yeah i just i just that wouldn't have gone with me but i i understand someone else being like oh well you know they're being scared and you know, and not even thinking about that, like yeah. they just immediately see police lights and you know,
17: the the bumper sticker and and all of that, the fake emblem and all that, so they just automatically assuming that it's the police. So we understand. We we making light of it. It's funny.
15: <laughs> yeah. Um. So Eric obeyed them, and um, they handcuffed him and put a hood over his face they also placed him in the back of their car in the back of their tours yeah in the 2018 tours so I guess at this point he realized this can't this be the police this can't be <laughs> like this ain't 12 12 is oh. not doing this these is <laughs> niggas okay <laughs> If the, horse, the if the tourists didn't give it away, if Destiny's child didn't give it away, them putting the hood over their this head This is where putting them in the truck. okay. This is the part where he's like, oh shit, <laughs> this ain't the cops. Have you ever seen the police wearing camo? I saw a camo hat, a camo girl, this is some dumbass nigga shit. This is some shit niggas was like we should dress a camo. Like, they was I getting know, high and hit recording. the blunt and was like, that's, that's a funny. good idea. <laughs> <Too much. laughs> and then a whole bunch of niggas in the circle was like, yeah, that's a good idea. She wore camo. <sighs> <laughs> like, it just is all done. But... Anyway, I'm so anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, the, I'm the a way. chill. No, I'm a chill. I could I just can't. So after they put him in the back of the car, they ended up driving him to a house located on Reese Road in Memphis. So at this new location, Eric was taken inside the house and restrained. While Yolanda and Anthony beat him, burned him on his arms, neck, and head, and demanded that he tell them where he kept his money and or drugs.
17: Child. Y'all know, know when it gets to this, my mind started thinking like,
15: y'all done robbed this man and he work at a damn grocery store. come on gotta be like at some type of I don't know I'm just throwing it like, out there something that we have to wake up super early like a factory or something a restaurant a bread maker like where's he don't know he headed to work motherfucker not y'all torturing motherfucker <laughs> like where is, is the it, money? oh my god listen
17: I work at Walmart as a cashier y'all got the wrong <laughs> nigga it is not me <laughs> I am a stalker <laughs> at Walmart. Like, that's me. I, I can get you some free groceries, baby. What, what kind of deal can we make at this
15: <laughs> <for>? <laughs> Eric was placed in a chair in the living room and then tortured by someone burning him repeatedly on his neck, face, arms, and legs while being asked repeatedly, where is the money at? <laughs> So, he don't know which one of them is burning him because he's... He got the thing over his head. Yeah, he has yeah. the shit over his head. So, <clears throat> they're yelling at him, asking him, where's the money? So, Eric began to yell, like, in pain. And um, Anthony and Yolanda ended up stuffing a sock down his mouth, making it hard for him to breathe. Then they hit him in his. You gonna get the
17: money from me if you kill me? I'm
15: confused. (laughs) Exactly. If I can't talk, nigga, how are you asking me where the money is? And I can't talk. Right? I'm confused. (laughs) Dumbass. After they stuffed the sock down his throat, making it hard for him to breathe, they hit him in his mouth with a gun and beat him with their fists on his arms and face. Then they removed the sock and burned him again, warning him that he bet not yell. So y'all really fucking think y'all are in a movie. Y'all some Italians or some shit. This ain't Scarface motherfucker. But even Scarface let the victims yell. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts. You burning me. You watched too many motherfucking episodes (laughs) of Dexter. You think, who you think you are? (laughs) Like, oh my God. so So at this point, Eric um is telling them about a storage unit that he has. Apparently, he he felt like he needed to tell them something because they weren't gonna let him go. Right. They wanted money. And he ain't got none, clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> okay? He was just on his way to his regular-ass he job. He was on his way to child, Walmart to do the stocking. <laughs> <laughs> so, he gave them the codes to one of their, his storage units. And he heard them leave the house. But then they came back and put a hot object in his arms, causing excruciating pain. Now, mind y'all, he's blind, he, he blindfolded. Don't he don't know on. what is going on. Yolanda and Anthony told him that they didn't believe him and then threatened to get pliers in the saw and start cutting off his fingers and toes. So, at this point, they know that he didn't made up the storage unit mm-hmm. and the money... But, but what the fuck you want me to say like you literally got my life in your hands and you demand money that I don't yeah, have I don't I'm gonna have, tell you right. any motherfucking thing
17: I would have been like <laughs> so, look y'all got the wrong person like I do not have any money I make $35,000 a year <laughs> okay. i, I, I I'll make 35000 I can't help you
15: so Yolanda and um I keep going to call him David. Anthony and Yolanda went into the kitchen and that's when Eric, while he was still masked and handcuffed, ran and dove head first through the front window. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Two neighbors in a lawn care crew saw Eric jump out the window. <laughs> the lawn care crew. First of all,
3: Two and neighbors
15: Alon and the lawn crew. Now y'all know I, I'm from St. Louis and so I can't say her Two <laughs> neighbors and a lawn care crew. A lawn care crew. A lawn care crew. If I say it slow, I got it. Okay. A lawn care crew saw him and he had a bag over his head. He was handcuffed. I picture them on the
17: line and all of a sudden they what is going on here like what you got going on bruh is everything alright bruh bruh like what bruh
15: yeah, he had <laughs> yeah, a bag over his head
17: what's going on
15: eh yeah. And he was on the front lawn. Girl, <laughs> me out of here. Yelling, yelling, help, help, help. So that's
17: how they saw him, This girl. is what I'm saying. I'm picturing this. It's not funny, but it is. it's just, oh my God.
15: By the time the police got there, they ended up searching the home, but Yolanda and Anthony were long gone. They found two handguns and the four tourists. Why did y'all leave the car? <laughs> they dumb. Which they rented. Shut up. The
17: they just got a whole trail of evidence of, of dumbass.
15: Of dumb, just, just, just Yolanda. Dumb. Yolanda rented. it. Of course
17: it. she did. Of course the woman rented it. Cause he ain't. He ain't got no credit card. You gotta have <laughs> a credit card on file. Anthony ain't got one.
15: Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, she was trying to be a little smart because after this whole thing, she went and reported the rental car stolen. But that was um, still dumb.
17: Like this is was, easily we could put that together. You know what I'm saying?
15: Yeah, because the police dusted the car and found Anthony Davis's yeah, print inside. So y'all could have at least wore gloves. Um, when emergency crews got to Eric. He was taken to the hospital and hospitalized for a week in the burn unit. So apparently these burns were severe, like super bad. And he also underwent surgery for his injuries. But he was able to identify the people that attacked him. Because he had actually served time in the penitentiary with Anthony Davis. Stop it.
17: He said, Yeah, I already knew what's I already know what's going on. I see Anthony. This
15: is just not adding up. Like, yeah, I know that nigga Anthony. <laughs> we was on cell block C with each other. Okay, yeah, he kidnapped me. So he got to singing like a canary, which you know, I'm glad because this too. was probably super traumatic. Yeah. Um, regardless of you getting up and you going to work and somebody I just I I just I can't imagine, you know, Absolutely. in the PTSD just I would never I would never take a job where I have to leave in the morning. Like
17: Yeah, at all. Or at I all. I'd be working guard. remote, Yeah, I ain't leaving okay. at all.
15: So you work remote anyway. You ain't, yeah, no. you ain't leaving it all. Regardless, that's my point. And you ain't never been robbed, nigga. Girl, Anthony Davis was in, taken into custody on July 19th when he went to his federal probation officer. And when they took him into custody, y'all, why was he driving Yolanda Martin's quote-unquote dad's silver infinity? You letting your nigga drive your daddy car? Girl. girl. And when the police searched Anthony's home, they found Yolanda there. So y'all just didn't think this through. Y'all didn't try to leave the area. Y'all didn't... Y'all left the rental car. Y'all... Floppy. Like just Floppy. not thinking hmm. like why didn't y'all have on disguises a mask y'all didn't watch set it off or nothing <laughs> like it just this Floppy, was just dumb. dumb like if
17: you gonna do a crime think it through like really think it through because at at the end of the it just, these are easy things to piece together like y'all that's
15: what I'm giving y'all I'm just good saying, advice. <laughs> If you're going to commit a crime <laughs> Think it through guys Think it through You think it's small You need to think big
17: I'm just saying like If you're going to be a criminal I just don't get it Like You're just doing all type of sloppy stuff You got your credit card Everything leads back to you Everything
15: yeah. And speaking of things leading back, <laughs> it led <laughs> back to Officer Sam Blue. Okay. Sam Blue, listen, he's so dumb. So, he ended up pleading guilty in January of 2020. We are talking about Officer Sam Blue. To conspiracy to violate civil rights by using force violence and intimidation and conspiracy to commit robbery and affecting interstate commerce so officer blue was sentenced to a 12 year prison sentence plus 3 years of probation um just this past Tuesday so he got his sentence um 4 days Uh, ago so 2 years later he's just being sentenced Okay. yep so yep he pleaded guilty in january 2020 and this year just four days ago he was sentenced to 12 years so wow during that time he was relieved of his duties at the police department first he was suspended during the investigation um but then when he pleaded guilty that's when they tied him and okay. at that point he was on the force for 25 years so that is the story of Sam, Officer Sam Blue, and his dumbass accomplice, uh, dumbass. I don't know, robber friends. I that's what I'm calling <laughs> <on> because. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, you know, yeah, what you think about this, like, Vanessa? This was a.
17: I'm not. I, just, I, just, I hate to say it's funny. It's just like when you read it and just hear the stupidity it makes it funny. Like, you know, but I just feel like it's scary to think that veterans on the force, like when I mean veterans, I mean like people that's been there for, have a lot of tenure, long tenure, been there for a long time that can still be out there being crooked, handing out police paraphernalia and equipment so that they can go and rob people. Like it, it just makes no sense. And then Another thing, if y'all are going to find somebody to rob, like it's just all messed up. Like at least get somebody that actually got some money. Y'all don't went and <laughs> rob just somebody that worked at the damn FedEx because Memphis. Is, <laughs> like I'm confused. He literally <laughs> is a package handler at FedEx, or not a the FedEx. The FedEx headquarters in yes. Memphis. Yes. Like this man was on his way to FedEx or he could have been on his way to the airport. He's a TSA at the airport. God knows. Like, at least get somebody that you know got some money. Like, come on now. Like, it, it's just, it's just raggedy.
15: Yeah. This was <laughs> super dumb. Was. I I you know, if if I was a cop, and because I don't steal, but if I did steal, because <laughs> if I was a cop. I would have figured out another way to be crooked. Like, hmm. um, I will protect your block and make sure no other police are coming over here while y'all sell drugs and uh, kick me off. Come on, the shot $3,000 a week. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like that's what I would have did. I wouldn't have involved myself, my badge, my security clearances. I wouldn't have made it so that if y'all did get caught, which I would fully expect y'all to, because y'all are criminals. None of it would be able to lead back to me. So officer blue, when he, when all this went down, he's currently 61. Um, so he girl, he my mama's age. I, I being somebody's daddy, somebody,
17: granddaddy, like Paw, paw
15: Somebody pop,
17: paw paw, paw,
15: paw, paw, paw paw, blue. Paw paw blue. Anyway, guys, that's it for the stairwell. Let's take a break and we'll be right back.
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at High.org.
17: Walks Ashanti has been on a world tour (laughs) this week, going on some of the different um, platforms to just talk about, you know, what her stupid, I mean, I don't even know what to call him at this point. Irv Gotti, child. Ain't that his name? Irv Gotti. Mm -hmm. Um, To try to, like, she's finally speaking out about his crazy accusations about their relationship. And good for her. Uh as she should, you know, she has been very pleasant about it as Ashanti is and just basically saying like he wasn't in his right mind when he was on drink champs, he was drinking and smoking and just belligerent. Also how he tainted which I do agree with tainted the murder ink brand by you know, just making everything about their situation and not about Murder Inc.
15: Yeah, his Lucy Goose lip ass. That oh man, I hate niggas that speak on a dick all the time. Like it, he just made it. I agree. I do. I, agree, with I agree too. I agree. Absolutely agree. So
17: shout out to Ashanti. Um, and speaking of, I would usually mention this in um when I talk about new music but since I'm already talking about Ashanti shout out to her because she is turning her um she's just making everybody look bad because she just came out with a new single called Falling For You so if you haven't listened to that and she has a video to it so shout out to Ashanti because she's still been in the game for like over 20 years and she's still thriving so
15: oh baby
17: (laughs) (laughs) so there is a new docu-series on OWN starring Tracy Ellis Ross Oprah Winfrey Issa Rae, Chloe Bailey and more it's called The Hair Tales have you heard about that Dana? I have not well it's called The Hair Tales it's streaming now on Hulu if you have Hulu, if you don't have Hulu you better ask somebody for their username
15: and password Mm mm-mm they stopped doing it Hulu need Ah, uh, yeah, girl, you can't. Well, no, what's I that? Was I think that was Netflix. Okay, that was Netflix. Okay, okay. y'all
17: better get on it. Well, they gonna follow. They, bro, I was about to say, y'all better get on it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it is streaming on um, Hulu. They're talking about like black hair, beauty, identity. Should be interesting. So, if you're interested in that, um, and also we talked about a lot of the award shows last week, y'all. But um, this week it was announced. That Escape will be honored um, with the Lady of Soul Award at the 2022 Soul Train Awards. Yay! Well deserved. Well deserved. I agree. They deserve this. They've been in the game Mm -hmm. for like over 25 years. And can sing. They can sing. And they still getting us in our feelings. And, you know, so congratulations to them. I, I feel like they definitely deserve that. Shout out to Tiny and Candy. Like, Candy just, she does not lose. Like, y'all know how competitive mm-hmm. Candy is. She's just, mm-hmm. but she's just, I love Candy. Anyway, so, <laughs> we are about to move on to new music and music and just music, period. What's going on in music, child? So, first of all, I'm about to play y'all a clip um, because... Chingy,
15: y'all, oh. <laughs>
17: is in the news.
15: Girl, you've been on St. Louis all day, and I need you to back <laughs> the fuck up, okay? And I love St. Shit. Louis, because... <laughs> nah, but I know what you're talking about. I
17: know what you <laughs> finna start talking about. Y'all, they have listed Chingy as the one of... Up- <laughs> Chingy is on the list of the 50 worst rappers of all time. I don't know who created this list. Y'all need to stop. But listen, this is what Chingy had to say about
13: it. To me, it's invalid because it's subjective. When you go around, it's 7 billion people in this existence. When you ask each one of these people, well, who's your favorite rapper? Who's your favorite rapper? Who you like? You're probably going to get a different answer. I've sold over 50 million records worldwide. I'm, I still have success. It's people that love me. You go ask, you go ask these people that say, we love Chingy. Yeah, I, lo- I love, Ching. Chingy. He's one of my favorite artists. I had somebody tell me this the other day. So how am I one of the worst rappers? If, if everybody in this existence not saying, Oh, that dude can't rap. He's the worst. Then that means you are not the worst.
15: Who's saying that, Chingy? They only said that, Chingy, because you was right there. Okay? And then when you do that right there, you was right there in front of their face. And they was like, Chingy, you're one of my favorite rappers. That's why they said one of. Because they couldn't stand there and lie and say that you was their favorite. So that's why but um no shout out to <laughs> you I'm glad <laughs> wait not Dana in these folks heads that done told Chingy that they they favorite rapper let me tell you what they said <laughs> no but shout out to you though cause you have sold 50 million work- records worldwide yes everybody knows Chingy was a movement don't do it I like them when you do that right far. y'all love that song stop playing if you come you wanna come on girl I'm only one one call Don't play, don't play with Chingy. Play with somebody else. Don't play with Chingy at
17: the Holiday Inn. Come on, y'all better stop. Y'all better stop. Yeah, okay. Um, That's what I feel like. Don't come for Chingy. Like he, I mean, but he ain't. He ain't exactly. And that's what I'm saying. He's not. (laughs) in there with Jay-Z. And we know that, but okay, he still, like he said, he still sold 50, and that's a big deal. 50 million records, dang, I didn't know he sold all that. But he was, it was a time when Chingy was mm-hmm. on top. So, mm-hmm. y'all, leave Chingy alone. And, speaking of, this is the last, I didn't want to play, but speaking of somebody that is not on the 50 worst rappers of all time, Harry Styles is, I guess, in being named or he's in the streets is being named as the king of pop. And, yeah. right. And so, who said
14: that? Yeah, I right, I don't
17: know who's saying that, but I just want to play out a clip of his son, Michael Jackson's son, coming out and defending Michael Jackson as the king of pop, so listen to
6: that. He's an incredible artist and he's got his own genre and he's definitely an amazing artist. Um, but the king of pop was a moniker that really my dad earned in a time that, you know, the access to information, the access to popularity and fame wasn't as easily accessible as it is today. And with so many other social factors that were, you have to take into consideration at that time, you know, I do feel that my father is the king of pop will always be the king of pop. And it's not something that you can ever take away because we've just evolved so much as a society that those same factors will never be the same. So when you look at the, from where my father started to where he ended versus where all these other people started to where they ended, it's just night and day of a difference.
15: And period. Let him know. Let him know, Prince Michael.
17: Let him know. Let him know. Is and will forever be. And his sentiments are our sentiments because he is so right. Like Michael Jackson, is the king of pop because he was literally a he came doing this when he was five years old. Okay, Mr. Jackson was whipping their ass and making sure that he was gonna be the <laughs> damn <laughs> king of pop. when okay. <laughs> he was okay
15: five years old. We earned the stripes, <laughs> okay, by his stripes, he is the king. Exactly. Sit down, Harry. <laughs> we don't know none of your songs, At none of your movies. I don't. I can't name not one oh. Harry Styles song, and the only way I know your name is because white people say it in the distance as I'm passing by. <laughs> like I
14: don't they, know nothing about he, you.
15: Who is Harry Styles? I thought he was an actor. I didn't know he was a singer. And and for you to be called the king of pop, I, you literally everybody would need to know Listen. you. Listen, I don't give a fuck if you are under. The pew. If you are a monk in the in in the far eastern ways of Tibet, you know who the fuck Michael Jackson is. That is so true. I, a yep. black woman in in Texas, don't know who Harry Styles no. is, and that's the end of discussion. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Period.
17: <laughs> Period. Period. And again, Michael Jackson came up in a time where we were. There was no there was no social media. There was no way of oh, you can easily 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 accessible information. Michael Jackson came when people didn't have they had to turn their TVs to one channel like he is the king of pop, period. And I'm glad that he got his half white stuff up, up there. And represented. <laughs>
15: when he getting his white man on. My father. Girl, and I'm glad he
17: represented for his daddy. Okay, period.
15: <laughs> so speaking of
17: people that are icons in the music industry, Rihanna has a new song. Let me be clear on the what on the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. It's so funny. Called Lift Me Up. And the reason why I say it's so funny is because somebody was in the in the comments talking about shave I'm talking about if it ain't Ponda replaying y'all <laughs> don't be coming for her because it's for a soundtrack and I liked it I really liked it for a soundtrack it's not a single that she's coming out with people it's a, it's a song for a soundtrack and I love Rihanna. She can do no wrong. I really like the song. It sounds like something that will be in Wakanda forever. She also debuted the music video yesterday. So, have you heard it, uh, Dana?
15: I did. <laughs> Girl, you know I love me some. I love it. Don't, Listen, she ain't got do nothing it. to say, right? Don't do it. I love me some Rui.
17: Again, guys, it's for a soundtrack. It's not her single that's coming out for herself. So, anyways, other new music that debuted. <laughs> that's all Rihanna is giving y'all
15: right now. So, y'all better take that lift me up and lift yourself up. <laughs> I'll keep listening to Anti, which is a masterpiece album. Let's get off of this
17: because I don't have the time. <laughs> I don't have the time for Dana. Plus. I'm sick of her. Mm-hmm. SZA came out with a new song called Shirt. She also dropped a music video for that with laKeith Stanfield. Division has a new song out. Kodak Black. <laughs> Y'all know I love Kodak Black. And Babyface has an album out representing with all the girls okay okay yes, baby face that was so cute that was a cute idea i love that yeah shout out to baby face mm-hmm. and y'all uh, oh
15: finish telling everybody i know about it i'm just interrupting.
17: yeah no you good Babyface has a new album and he is representing for like all the women like he got Kaylani on there uh ella may is on there um tink is on there like some really good like underdogs like tink like people that are not like in the music industry like that heavy that are um not spotlighted enough uh so y'all go listen to that baby face album and real quick i just want to give y'all an update on housewives of potomac dana did you watch housewives of potomac or no
15: Girl, did I? And I was trying not to go for one thirty, but we gonna have to do it because. Okay, first of all, did you watch last week's video?
17: Did you watch not this past Sunday because that's what I need to talk about? But did you watch the where Giselle was? They were at the dance studio and she tried to come for. Okay. Yes. Okay, you did watch that, so you're caught up. So listen, y'all, I'm still on. I'm I'm sick of Giselle. I'm sick of Giselle and I'm actually also sick of Robin, but clearly there is a tear or something in the friendship of Robin and Giselle. I think that might play out in the season because... I hope so. I hope so too because I'm so tired of Robin falling up behind Giselle's ass and just kissing her ass and just going along with everything she says. But clearly Giselle, uh, clearly, Robin is on a new tip. She's like, I'm not having that. But anyways, they were at the the dance. It starts off where they're at the dance party or whatever that um Ashley Darby is having. And what I don't like is how, you know, Candace storms out, and they go back to the group, and Giselle and everybody's like, "What's wrong with what's wrong with Candace? What's wrong with Candace? And Giselle's like, "I don't know." Giselle, you are not a good. First of all, we already know you're not I a mean, good friend. Was she,
15: was she trying to? Was she trying to keep a G code like cause she didn't want everybody else to know at that point about Chris? Not that I'm defending this bitch. I'm just everybody
17: saying. at that point knows about Chris. She's told Robin. She's told. I mean, she um Robin and. Robin and Mia have already had a conversation about it. Ashley clearly has already had a conversation about it with Candace. Only person that don't know about it is Wendy. Wendy. And who gives a fuck about that? Like, I feel like she was being typical Giselle and being fake. I don't know. I don't know. She's such a high schooler to me, and her wig is still not fixed, and it's it's still not plucked, and she's still (laughs) not a good friend. I don't like her. And Robin, come, I'm I'm hoping that she comes out of her ass, and y'all see on this um episode. That Wendy, I mean, that Robin went to go sit down with Candace and Chris and was just like, I don't agree with, I don't agree with Giselle. I think she's reaching, which she is. It's a far reach, okay? It is
15: a reach. Girl, shit, it is so far of a reach. But did you peep that they are literally trying to make this whole season a smear campaign against Chris? Yes,
17: that is and what they it's about to be about. no... They have nothing to
15: stand on. I see red. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm team Candace. 30,000%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Y'all not finna come for that man's husband. I mean, that girl's husband. He, I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't know any of them in real life. I do. But the yeah. way this man, <laughs> the way this man comes across and has come across all of these seasons, it, it's not giving what y'all trying to make it. And Mia, Mia your plastic face ass with no motherfucking body staring at you in your peripherals. What? You need to get your motherfucking eyes she fixed, bitch. Me off. It's like, are the, per- are the EPs going around and saying, well, let's just
17: make this about Chris
15: since michael is gone y'all need a new yeah, white purse like, no. y'all not finna do chris bassett it, y'all pick another husband bitch because it ain't finna be mine it, i mean we'll look right we know <laughs> I'm and did man. you see how they were showing when she was when mia was like yeah he was staring at me did you see when they put, yes put, where was he where was he staring at you at sis you need an eye doctor Mia cause your peripherals are fucked up sis you can't see shit and speaking jolly green giant head
17: ass. and speaking of Mia Mia stop trying to be under Giselle why is everybody trying to be under Giselle's ass Giselle is not somebody that I would be wanting to be up under if I wanted to be up under anybody it would be miss the Grand down Karen Huger I would not want to be under Giselle Giselle Period. ain't got nothing on Karen Giselle ain't shit and she did you see when she she was like well I just want to come to you and apologize about how I came to came at you at um Karen's springtime sling party whatever the party was about how I thought you didn't have cancer or how you didn't have it. like first of all you would never be able to come to me and be like question me about if I have cancer or not and then try to come to me days later and be like, well, I'm sorry. And then Mia's like, well, it's okay. Girl,
15: Mia, get a backbone. Get a backbone. Thank you. And then speaking of a springtime party, did you see how when Chris came in, she jumped up and reached out and hugged him? He didn't make you feel that motherfucking uncomfortable, bitch. You're not uncomfortable. You're lying. You're You're lying and you're trying to make something that's not what it is, what it is. And I think the reason, I think the reason why it irritates me so bad is because I'm just so tired of this woman. Just, you you can't say, saying stuff like that is so inflammatory. Y'all act like you're saying, oh, Chris took my pen out my my bag no you're accusing him of being a fucking sexual weird creepy predator weirdo just like just like on switching to another married to medicine when y'all talking about oh Toya is is Toya a a robber or not Those are some serious accusations I don't like this housewife shit like y'all y'all do too much on this program and it's just fucked up and even Karen was like, "So what happened? Like everybody's trying to figure out what happened."
17: And you, well, nothing. And Giselle said, "Well, nothing happened." So why are you bringing this to the group like something happened? Like you were just, like you're, you're, it's she. It, ooh, she
15: could have kept that. She could have kept that to herself.
17: It was not that. Or evening. to her, her, her Robin, and Robin, and she claims
15: right. that Robin is the one that brought it to the and show. Did not which I don't, I don't remember that part. I, I said, I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I don't remember that. I I remember you talking about it, Giselle, just like I remember y'all sitting at yes. the park and you and Robin were leading the discussion. Correct. And Karen clearly said, well, I don't think that she did it for Correct. attention. I, I would hope that Correct. that's not true. Karen was not with y'all. They like to spend everything back on other people when it
17: comes to the group. Well, no, they, everybody, let's not act like... I cannot stand them too. And I just really hope Robin gets from under Giselle's ass. And also really quickly, did y'all meet Wendy, you thought you was unmiced about the whole situation with Mia. Ooh. And you wasn't unmiced. And she said mm-hmm. that bitch is lying. So now I feel like, dang Wendy, you fake too. So y'all,
15: I can't trust you, oh. y'all. Girl, you know Wendy, you you knew Wendy was fake her first season when she sent That's up here trying true. to scold. Go, Monique for fighting that's like true. she's some uppity ass bitch that's never lost her cool yep, girl good day you and your burger fries name bye Wendy's <laughs> bye Wendy's I'm Karen Huger Karen can do no wrong to me so Karen is literally the shit and really the only reason I'm watching this show because she literally is the wrong time her and Candace I y'all know I've been standing for Candice since day one I love Candace what? Yes, when? even with the remember with the whole thing that happened. I was, I when, was when Monique be her ass, she was team Candace. Remember, yes.
17: I just felt I, I I was remaining neutral, but I didn't like Monique. I like Candace, so I'm with Candace. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, I love okay. Candace. I just love Candace.
15: I mean, I like Candice too, but <laughs> I was team Monique with that. Like you you run up your gut down. Well, yeah, with with that, about, like, yes, with that, yeah. yes. With that, yes. But that my face. Poop, poop poop get you a two-piece special with a biscuit, baby. But um in this situation, I am team Ken. I like I like Candace too. Like she me and Candace have the same birthday, guys. So I, I like her. Like yeah, I Yeah, not saying Candace. that Dana doesn't like Candace. I'm just saying <laughs> in that
17: situation, I just feel like I don't know, child. Anyway, yeah. y'all not coming for Candace this this season and Giselle. And Robin, I hope Robin gets from under your ass. And I don't know what y'all going to do about the Reasonably Shady Podcast. That's all I got for the break for I don't know what's going to happen to y'all's other venture if if Giselle, I mean if Robin... You, comes from under your ass, and I don't care. I don't if know. you
15: if you're the type of person that want to sit up and listen to them bitches gossip all day, I question your character because the, just being in company with two women like them, I just ugh. anyway. Girl, Giselle we is
17: miserable. It is just yeah, she has no
15: man. She can't so keep miserable. a man. Oh girl, it's so much. We can talk. We can talk about how they going in on Ashley and, and her getting in the house with Michael. Why is this your business? What I'm doing with my man. If this man wants to take care of the mother of his children and buy her a home, just because broke-ass Jamal didn't have the range to do that for you... Just because broke-ass Juan couldn't do that for you, um, Robin. And how the fuck can you talk? You, you? went and got a house with your ex, nigga. Girl, that. y'all <laughs> live together.
17: Girl, and y'all weren't even married or together. Like, what are you talking about? That's why I don't like them. I don't like <laughs> them. And I feel like Robin has a chance, but she has to get from under Giselle's ass. She has to. no,
15: nah, fuck Robin. I don't like her choice of style or her hair color.
17: I do like her <laughs> hair color though. I do like her hair. But
15: no, Robin to
17: has cute. to get from under her. I feel like she has a chance to be her own person but she can't because she's so, I don't know what her issue is with, with Giselle, or what her thing is with her, what Giselle got on her. <sighs> anyway, y'all, yeah, we can go on. We can make a whole know. podcast We can go on about on. I know. But anyways. We actually should. We, we should, should have a podcast and <laughs> we think about her <laughs> That's all I got for the break room, y'all. Y'all yes, have a happy
15: okay. and safe Halloween. Yes, Happy Halloween today is well, it's it, it, it's not Monday when we talking, but y'all get this on Monday. Yes. So careful. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Don't eat the candy with no labels on it. And if anybody gives you any weed gummies, you can mail them to P.O. Box uh, 10 oh, when God. I'm just God. playing. God. I'm just lying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do drugs. <laughs> uh, bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>
12: Atlanta's culture and art scene collide every first Friday of the month at the High Museum of Art. High Frequency Friday is back on November 4th with DJ sets by DJ Kermit and Salah Anansi. Set out on a musical journey with the city's most popular DJs. Meet new friends, grab a drink, and explore the High's collections and special exhibitions like Rodin in the United States, Confronting the Modern. Get tickets now at HIGH.ORG. Oh,
9: oh, oh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today.
6: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto
14: Parts. <laughs>